what you've all been waiting for. It's time for the Steak for Breakfast podcast. It's Tuesday, October 11th, 2022, and this is the People's Podcast. This is Steak for Breakfast. Smokey, this is not Nam. This is bowling. There are rules. Today, Junior, America. Steak for breakfast. So stand by. This episode of the podcast is brought to you, as always, by Man Rubs. Rubs, barbecue tools, blow torches, t-shirts, coffee cups, and all-around barbecue-related gear for you to make barbecue great again can be found at manrubs.com and on Instagram, manrubs. Use the code STEAK15 for 15% off. Also brought to you by Stay Ready Gear. They're at stayreadygear.com and on Instagram, stayreadygearusa. Holsters, custom kydex, mag carriers, tourniquet carriers, on- and off-duty gear. Hot-melted plastic made just for you. Need something custom? They got you covered. Use the code STEAK for 5% off. Don't get ready. Stay ready. The Pillow King of Minnesota, the FBI's most wanted, and the apparatus known as the MyPillow family. Dishing out big, big savings heading into the holiday season. You want to start thinking about getting those lists together for all your loved ones. No better way to do it than with big, big savings down at MyPillow. You got slippers, mattresses, cow bed sheets. What else? You got dog beds. Don't forget about Giza Dream everything. You enter promo code STEAK at checkout. You'll enjoy some uh, blockbuster savings there from Mike Lindell. MyPillow.com forward slash steak is the website for anything sleep related. If you're more of a morning person, they've launched my coffee. MyStore.com forward slash steak. Or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative. 1-800-658-8045. The top tier of ear gear and the world's most technologically advanced in-studio recording equipment specializing in headphones can be found at Odyssey. Whether you're gaming, potting, want to rule the world? Get those ear needs taken care of and done upright. Odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. Our good friend Alan has launched the Patriot Cigar Company. Age three years, finest of Nicaraguan tobaccos. Premium smoke. You're going to get some uh, good deals there. You enter promo code to take a checkout. You get 15% off your entire order. Every order comes with a $10 e-gift card for your next purchase. Orders over $100, free shipping. MyPatriotCigar.com is the website. A premium smoke. For freedom-loving patriots. Steak for breakfast, Backs of Blue. We love our first responders, and they're always working hard. While they're off-duty, they're probably wearing gear from Mediocre Medic, sweatshirts, t-shirts, flip-flops, fanny packs, and more. Stickers and patches for while they're on the job. In addition to that, they've got a pretty fire IG. MediocreMedic.com is the website. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has been servicing Southern California for over a decade. He's a licensed FFL. If you're into the tradesies and don't live in Canada, Plus, he's got a five-star rating. His newly redesigned, easy-to-use website is westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. And last but certainly not least, the gold standard of tactical flair and home of the Zero Fucks Duck. Still don't know? Go ask Marcho Friday. Dumpbox.us. Find him on Instagram. Find him on Facebook. Friends, don't forget to follow the show on Instagram at Steak for Podcast Breakfast. There you'll find a link tree that will take you to all our social medias, the website, our newest Substack, Telegram channel, and more. On that note, to all our friends joining us today on the Patriot Podcast Network via the Roku app, from the Twitterverse, Instagram, Discord, and now via our verified accounts on True Social and Getter. 
Welcome. Tuesday edition, Steak for Breakfast podcast, episode 177. I'm Roan. Noah's here. Yo. Guys, we've got a great show. We've got some good friends coming in, exclusive interviews, and of course, we're going to bring you all the news. So let's just jump right into it. Fucking balls, bad mouth in America, especially now. I thought the Columbus was the hero of America. Oh, see, it's these Indians and the commie fucks. They want to paint Columbus as a slave trader instead of an explorer. You know what it is? I'll tell you what it is. It's anti-Italian discrimination. Columbus Day is a day of Italian pride. It's our holiday, and they want to take it away. Fuck them. Welcome to the show, <laughs> and uh, happy day after Columbus Day. Yep. Thanks for joining us, and you know... Even though that's a pretty dated scene from my favorite sitcom of all time, The Sopranos, uh, they, there was a lot of truth in that statement right there. Uh, you know, the people who want to take away and erase large portions of our nation's history, regardless if there's a little blood-soaked hand involved. Well, I mean, there's a lot of misconceptions about Columbus, and a lot of it is purported by Howard Zinn in The People's History of the United States, in which he basically just labels him as a bloodthirsty maniac, which was a little bit of an exaggeration. Just a little bit. Kind of insulted him a little bit. Yeah, you know, um, there was a famous line from that show uh, put down the Howard Zinn w- with some curse words at the end of it when they were talking about that in one of the uh, Columbus-themed episodes. And, you know, it's 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 just funny that we, we've gotten to a point where the people who are in control of our government, of our education system, the people that watch over your, you know, children during the day at school, those at the highest corner offices of all of our workplaces now feel that we just have to make up an alternate history of what it was, um, you know, and don't take away from the credits and the pretty much inconceivable feats that Christopher Columbus achieved, along with several other you know, explorers who brought, you know, Europe here and, and started making America great again, even even though back then. I, I did pull another clip from the show, and it, and it kind of goes right with this from, from a different episode, and and it talks about how, you know, the stuff, this is, remember, these this show is like 15 years old minimum, and this is going back talking about how, uh, you know, they were already trying to erase this whole narrative back then in the early 2000s away from your kid's education system. That is just one person's opinion, Anthony. What, football again? He's not going to get hurt. He's a tough kid. Oh, Jesus. We're having a discussion about Christopher Columbus. They would make fine servants. With 50 men, we could subjugate them. Subjugate? (laughs) And make them do whatever we want. That doesn't sound like a slave trader to you? George Washington had slaves, the father of our country. Well, what's your point? His history teacher, Mr. Cushman, is teaching your son that if Columbus was alive today, he would go on trial for crimes against humanity like Milosevic and, you know, Europe. Your teacher said that. It's not just my teacher. It's the truth. It's in my history book. So you finally read a book and it's bullshit. (laughs) Tony. Look, you had to walk in Columbus's shoes to see what he went through. People thought the world was flat for crying out loud. Mm. Then he lands on an island with a bunch of naked savages on it. I mean, that took a lot of guts. You remember when we went to Florida, the heat, and those bugs? 
Well, like it took guts to murder people and put them in chains. He was a victim of his time. Uh, who cares? It's what he did. He discovered America is what he did. He was a brave Italian explorer. And in this house, Christopher Columbus is a hero. End of what do you think, Noah? End of story? Yeah. I mean, that's the way he was always looked at in our house. And, uh, you know, I remember when I was young, it was just part of the regular, I mean, God forbid I'm in my mid-40s now, social studies curriculum. Mm. I remember not know, socialism studies like now it is. That's basically what it is. And and even 15 years ago, you started to hear it getting, you know, pushed on. It's not like David Chase is a, you know, huge Republican or conservative. And, and he was working that into the, you know, script of the show and into the whole narrative. Believe it or not. And I'm sure a lot of people li listening would probably remember the 45th president of the United States touched on not only this great holiday for our country, but, uh, the proud Italian Americans who defended the shores of Columbus statues <laughs> throughout the uh, summer of love. He talked about it at a rally on the 2020 campaign trail, and uh, I thought it was a great piece to kind of round out our clothes open. Let's hear him. They decapitated a statue of Christopher Columbus, except in New York when the Italians surrounded it. They didn't have too much of a chance. Those Italians, I love the Italians. They heard they were going to rip down their beautiful Christopher Columbus, and all of a sudden, they circled that thing. They didn't do too well in hurting Christopher, did they? Thank you to our Italian population. We're very proud of you, right? Thank you. You know, and, and Donald Trump tweeted yesterday, uh, make Columbus Day great again. Mm. And, and, you know, it, we have to. I, I don't know if you saw this, Noah, but believe it or not, probably not. Uh, Joe Biden actually caved to the Italian sons and daughters of America, the national coalition who, you know, wants to make sure that Italian history is part of this country uh, moving forward and actually issued a proclamation from the White House on Friday before he took off for Delaware. I'm going to read a portion of it. Now, therefore, I, Joseph Basement Biden, Jr., President of the United States of America, do hereby proclaim that October 10th, 2022, as Columbus Day. I direct the flag of the United States to be displayed in all public buildings, appointed in the day of honor, diverse history of all who have contributed to shaping this nation. And uh, he would go on to say, you know, here into my hand, the seventh day in October, blah, blah, blah. I'm the president. Here's what I proclaim. Mm. But what do you think? It only took one year for him to cave because, remember, he, uh, you know, made it a pseudo indigenous people's day. Yeah, he caved on a lot of shit already, though. You know what? Indigenous people's day. Whatever you want to make of it, you want to make it a federal holiday, that's for the uh, Congress to decide, not the president. Definitely not me. Mm -hmm. But as someone who is Italian-American and I'm from, uh, you know, Italy East in uh, North Jersey originally, I think that Columbus Day is something that, you know, regardless of how you tell the honest story of it, something that should be taught throughout the annals of history. Yeah, and there's a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's been like taken out like I just got my hands on it like a legit like school library copy of uh, Christopher Columbus Mariner by uh, Samuel L Elliot Morrison how's that haven't read it yet I've read a couple of his diaries and, mm -hmm. and one of his son's uh, biography pieces but you gotta understand like we wouldn't have the opportunity to cry about it not being indigenous people's day if not for people like Christopher Columbus mm-hmm and uh, the reason why it is a federal holiday is is because it's a, you know, story of legendary heroism 
and exploration and manifest destiny, the spreading of Christianity to this portion of the world where it was mostly, well, it was totally savage. And, um, you know, I just think getting into the nitty gritty of all the real news that's going on, I thought Columbus Day got a little bit more pub this year than it usually does. So I thought it was uh, prevalent to kind of, you know, start off the show with it and touch on it before we say goodbye for another year. And uh, you know what? We're going to be saying hello to one of our great friends right now. She's getting ready to jump in with us. All right. Joining us first on the show today, she's a attorney at Save America, one of our great friends. You may have seen her at the Trump rally this weekend. Ms. Christina Bob, thanks for coming back on the show. Thank you guys so much for having me. I love a steak for breakfast. The show or the food? Well, both. Oh, okay. I'm actually, I'm actually learning to like eat more meat for breakfast. I'm sadly trying to get in shape again. And my fitness coach is like, eat meat for breakfast. I'm like, I'm working on it. Well, <laughs> no all, more donuts and bagels. And for all, know. for all of our audio listeners, she's definitely exaggerating. Cause we met not, her, we not met her a few months ago. Stop it. <laughs> Anyways, uh, how is everything with you? I know you've been busy lately. Yeah. Yeah, things are good. You know, the media will be what it is, but everything's good. I mean, all things considered. So, um, yeah, I'm good. Thank you. Oh, that's good to hear. We saw you at the Trump rally. My son and I were watching the uh, pregame when you were on, and, and he did know that you're the the lady who always comes on our show who's friends with Donald Trump. So, at least oh, we've taught him that great. much. Yeah, and then we we watched all the way through. So they 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 were oh, some good ones. Thanks for watching. Yeah, we'll we'll be hitting the. Uh, well, I kind of got a split of Nevada and Arizona for the back end of the show today, but we're gonna do current events with you, and okay. uh, well, Ukraine's kind of spiraled even more out of control than it has. No, yeah, imagine that. <laughs> the place where we've now sent over thirty border walls worth of cash, funding, and aid. We're waiting after the emergency emergency G7 summit this morning, how much more money Joe Biden is going to commit to air defenses over there so we can up that border walls number. Remember, they shut down the federal government for months over one measly $3 billion border wall. Back. Let's just build them a border wall. We should. <laughs> we could wrap the amount of them we sent to Ukraine so far almost halfway around the world. And uh, Is that an actual fact, or are you exaggerating? Well, I mean, like, Have you actually calculated it out? If you just look at the, uh, we've been keeping a running tally on the whiteboard in the studio. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. We we did like, merge let me it know when it gets around the world. Yeah, we did merge it with what? Uh, ending world hunger. Yeah, and combating climate change. So we added a little bit of stuff to it recently, but it was at like a legitimate thirty. Yeah. Before we started adding shit. Yeah, we're at thirty and a quarter right now. Before today's total, I'm sure we'll get it before the end of the show. Now everybody remembers. Your kids are a little bit more retarded because mainly of Randy Weingarten and the insane policies she pushed on the American public in collaboration with Dr. Fauci and friends during COVID. Uh, long story short, if you don't have kids, she shuttered schools for nearly two years. Uh, the result being this year that test scores, especially ones that we've pointed out, my kids age between 9 and 11 are down 40 percent and at their lowest numbers since the late 80s. 40 percent? Yeah. And we're not talking about those those high urban areas where they're always in the bottom uh, quarter, like Donald Trump points out in uh, reading, writing, and arithmetic. Things we don't push in school anymore. Right now we push pronouns and not Columbus Day, which we let off our show with today, Christina. We did some some good clips from The Sopranos that sell. I saw it. I liked it. I yeah. saw them on your social media. Can't beat those. But, uh, you know, it's one of those things. This lady is pretty much out of control. Donald Trump already has her in his, his sights figuratively, mm -hmm. and uh, wants to end the education cartel uh, that she's pretty much the head of. Believe it or not, 
She hopped on a private jet and yesterday crossed from Poland into the worst war zones of war zones and is now visiting Zelensky in Ukraine. Green screen? No. <laughs> She's there. Hmm. And and what's the purpose of her visit? Well, I got a clip of her uh, talking about it. Let's hear it. Okay. So, you know, we've been uh, in Zamost um, for the last couple of hours and checking in on our, the people that we were visiting in Ukraine, in Lviv, and uh, we've made a decision that we're going to go to Lviv and talk to the union leaders there and um, that we're not going to let Putin um, get away with terrorizing people. Putin. People, um, uh, Putin terrorized people today with this wave of indiscriminate bombings throughout the cities of, of Ukraine um, as he has terrorized people since um, February. So our trip of solidarity and bearing witness is probably more important today than it was um, when we planned it. And so the schools are closed. Children are learning um, remotely or in bunkers right now. You must love that. Um, but the union <laughs> leadership um, wants to meet with us and we want to meet with them. And so we're on our way to Lviv. That is the head of the United States Teachers Union, Randy Weingarten. That's what I thought you said. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute, the Teachers Union? Is trying to negotiate with Putin or Putin, as Putin. she likes to say. Putin. So apparently, Putin. apparently maybe she's gonna get a summer home there in Lviv and Lviv. Apparently, I, I don't understand what sh- this is. You know what? And Ron, I'm sure it looks like you're about to make a really good point, but I'm gonna <laughs> interrupt just for a second. This is the arrogance of the left. Yep. Like they believe they are so smart and so much better than everybody else and so much more capable and so much more com- competent that this idiot woman from a teacher's union <laughs> believes that she can negotiate world peace with Putin, who is arguably, although he has some competitors, arguably one of the most dangerous world leaders at the moment. By far. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently. Who, who does she think she is? Well, she, she's not caring much about the low test scores throughout the United States. However, it seemed like she was pretty laser-focused on the next collective bargaining agreement for the teachers' union throughout Ukraine. She didn't bring, like, Dennis Rodman with her or anything, did she? Mm-mm. No. It, I would have given more credit to that. No joke. Yeah. Because Dennis Rodman, everybody knows who he is. Yeah. Like, even though it's kind of for show, at least it's for show. Like, she wouldn't even put on a show. She could get crushed out, and no one would know it. And this is the thing. This is what gets me about these crazy liberals and who knows maybe this teacher union has something special with joe biden or whatever but this administration has made it very clear that if you're an american and you're overseas this government doesn't give two you know what's about you they're not going to do anything to help you get back to the united states they're not going to do anything to save you from whatever you're experiencing abroad they don't care about americans in this country they really don't care about americans over abroad and they have overseas excuse me and they don't have enough respect. Like there's not enough respect of them by these other world leaders to actually protect Americans who go overseas. So if she goes over there and they, you know, throw her in jail, no one's coming for her. No, ask Brittany Griner. <laughs> right. Oof. <laughs> no, we get it. And, and, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you've seen movie stars and people that are, you know, politically adjacent uh, go over there and make appearances. Mark Hamill was there, 
you know, talking about how much uh, Zelensky loves Star Wars and they're a fan of it. And they did their little photo shoot where they were like fake lightsaber. Yeah. So, you know, you've seen Ben Stiller and a bunch of other ridiculous people go over there. Every world leader and, you know, what is considered the worst war zone in the history of the galaxy. Walking down the street, no body armor, no Kevlar, no helmets, minimal security. And then we've seen it, you know, throughout the course of this. There was a big wake-up call to Ukraine and the party that's been going on there since this conflict started. A lot of people who are in the know about the actual conflict goes that's going on is knowing that is happening. Uh, a lot, all of the action is happening on Ukraine's eastern front, Russia's western front, and parts of uh, you know the country like Kiev, the the capital, have pretty much not seen anything in regards to what they're seeing now. You know, there's been nightclubs open, schools open, people are on, on the beach. Yeah, TikTok, the public pools are packed during the, the height of tourist season, which is a thing again ever since, you know, they decided that uh, they needed to make more money in addition to all the border walls we sent over there. However, over the course of the last week and a half, we've seen the Nord Stream 1 and 2 pipelines bombed. We've also seen the bridge from uh, True Lies taken out, uh, which <laughs> is the, you know, the bridge that links Crimea and Russia and also is has the pipelines going through it, which is the only sustainable water for the region. And Vladimir Putin decided to say, you want to know what? Instead of doing what we're doing, uh, you know, on our Western front right now, we're going to bomb 20 cities simultaneously. And now Ukraine's crying to everybody right at the same time that Randy Weingarten's over there to talk about teachers' rights. So it's just really ridiculous to see and almost a seamless uh, segue into the next clips that I've pulled. So, Christine, I don't know if you saw yesterday, the Army Secretary, Christine Warmuth, was uh, giving a press conference. Oh, that, that bridge actually wasn't actually there. It just looked like it. That was in Florida. You know, come on, man. I wanted everybody. It to was go. my misinformation. I was trying to have everybody go hit the the watch <laughs> True Lies again. It's a great movie. It is a great movie. So, but uh, I yeah. made a mental note. If it makes you feel better, Rome. They, oh, I appreciate you, and we always do. But uh, yeah, she was given a, a press conference yesterday, and when she opened the floor to questions, you can only imagine uh, where that uh, commentary might go. And. Uh, well, both of you guys uh, love the military, so I don't think you're going to be Army Times. So the Fort Hood report faulted multiple general officers for seeding the social media space in the wake of the Vanessa Gain death. However, the IG report that we've obtained about Pat Donahoe, where his retirement is now delayed and he's pending disposition, says that his tweets when he was responding to Tucker Carlson's comments about women in the Army and in the military cast the army in a negative light where is the middle ground where you want your senior leaders to exist and engage on social media you have folks who are getting hammered for not doing it and folks who are getting hammered for seizing it and doing it to you know the greatest extent that they think appropriate what do you want your next round of general officers to do mm. with regards to social media engagement I think, Davis, um, the key with social media, you know, it's a really important, obviously, information tool. But the key for senior leaders in an environment that is as politicized, unfortunately, as the one that we're all operating is, is to exercise good judgment. You know, one of the things I think that's most important to General McConville and I is keeping the Army apolitical and keeping it out of the culture wars. Really? Because, frankly, we have got to be able to have a broad appeal. You know, when only 9% of kids are interested in serving. I wonder why. We have got to make sure that we are careful about not next. alienating, you know, wide swaths of the American public to the Army. 
So I think, you know, we absolutely want our general officers out on social media, but they need to exercise good judgment. You know, they need to be positive and uh, factual about what the Army offers, but not, I think, get drawn into, frankly, some of the um, inflammatory kind of um, environment that, frankly, Twitter really lends itself to. So, Christina, I'll let you go and, and take off on that one because I know you're you're our resident <laughs> veteran so today. So many things wrong with she, that. She forgot to mention that the enlisted are just getting hammered. Hey, but right. can I ask you? Can I ask you a question real quick, Christina? So I don't yeah. I don't really know much about her, and you know she is the secretary of the army. Everybody else on the panel was in uniform. She was in street clothes. Uh, does that mean that she's not? Oh, that's weird. The... If she wasn't in, maybe the dry cleaning. Oh, is out. she? But she's the secretary of the army. Yeah. Is she a civilian? It looks like it. Yeah, because the Secretary of the Army should be a civilian. So she might be, like, retired or something. If she's okay. not in uniform, it's because she's not actively. Yeah, it like she was, know, she's the secretary, which is always a civilian. So it looked like she was speaking at a sense. PTA meeting. <laughs> Yoga pants? <laughs> um, well, the fact that they that she's saying they're trying to keep the Army apolitical is a, a joke. I mean, that's a joke. <laughs> and the idea that they want general officers, you know, we want them out there. We want them saying things, but they need to be careful. We all know that if they go out there and say President Trump is dangerous to America, the MAGA movement is a domestic terrorist movement, the Army's not going to have any problem with that. Mm -hmm. But if you say we're losing our free speech, we need to, you know, stand up for our rights, that's that's when they're going to get in trouble. So she can claim that she wants to keep the Army apolitical, but they're not. I mean, nothing about what they're doing is apolitical. And I actually think um, we should reconsider the way reconsider the restrictions that we have on our service members. I mean, we force them to be medical guinea pigs. You know, they already give up some of their rights as far as, uh, you know, where they live and, you know, deployment, like we, you sacrifice your right, some of your rights to serve in the military and give up a, a small portion of your free speech as far as, you know, keep not disclosing certain things and not voicing necessarily political opinions and uniform and all of that stuff. No, but, um, sorry, go ahead. No, I mean, you, you make a whole lot of sense. And, and that's, that's just like the fact of the matter we've watched over the last two years. Well, first of all, the people that Joe Biden, Joe, I'm sorry, Joe Biden has appointed and elevated to positions of leadership in the military. Um, and all the things that are tied to it, how much of the, you know, Max Miller, who I'm sure you're, you know very well, Christina, from yeah. the time he worked in the White House. He was on our Friday Battleground edition of Steak for Breakfast with Sandy awesome. Smith, Carrie Lake, and, and Doug Mastriano. And, and, you know, we always touch on everything that's going on in Ohio 7, but we know Max is a proud veteran. He, uh, yeah, he's it, a Marine. He's extremely— Semper Fi. Yeah, he's almost rabid for Joe Biden's impeachment in regards to the Afghanistan debacle. And when we talked about, you know— the, the mission readiness of our the entirety of our armed forces in the United States, he talked about uh, clarifying for our listenership, when you see all of this equipment that we're pledging to Ukraine, it's literally our equipment. It's not like we're manufacturing that to send to Ukraine or they're like crappier versions of the stuff that we have. We are literally giving them all the stuff that we use in our military to defend their country and fight against Russia right now. Why can't they get it themselves? Like if we're giving them the equipment, why are we giving them money? And where is the accountability on the money? That's, that's the biggest thing. That's the biggest problem that I have with all of the money that we've sent over. One, it's way too much. But two, we haven't even gotten any accountability of what it's being used for and where it's going. And from what I'm hearing, 
it's not making it to the troops on the ground. Where, where is it going and what are they doing with it? And I, you know, I, I already have a lot of concerns. I think we've talked about it before in the show that, you know, it's payback. Mm -hmm. Zelensky was part of the original impeachment of Donald Trump and they're just good old boys and they owe him a few billion for, (laughs) for his help. So, or they've got, or Ukraine has dirt on this administration is bribing people. And we have enough members of Congress who are dumb enough to go along with it because, you know, that's what they always do. They just go along. Lindsay. Well, there's, there's, there's no tracking because the first rule of money laundering is don't leave a paper trail. True story. Right. Lindsey Graham, she's talking to you. Mm. <laughs> Believe it or not, that was not her most outrageous comment. I did pull another short one. Oh, this, fantastic. This, this one will probably uh, make you guys both laugh, though. And one more thing, Haley, I would emphasize is I think um, more broadly in terms of, you know, soldiers coming from um, marginalized communities or, you know, demographics that are not widely represented in the Army, that's part of why we've got to emphasize positive command climates and inclusion. You know, we get criticized, frankly, sometimes for being woke. I'm not sure what woke means. I think woke means a lot of different things to different people. You should probably know. Um, but first of all, I would is. say if, if woke means, you know, we are not focused on war fighting, we are not focused on readiness, that doesn't reflect what I see at installations all around the country or overseas when I go and visit. But I think, you know, we do have a wide range of soldiers in our army, and we've got to make them all feel included. And that's why a lot of our diversity, equity, and inclusion programs are important. You're very. She, she obviously hasn't sat through any of those. Very liberal. Right. Liberal. <laughs> Anybody who's there. done annual training, and uh, you know, the military, I think, is one of the most diverse workforces in our country. I mean, I'm a Marine. I worked with all kinds of colors of people, gay, straight, all that, in the in the Marine Corps. Mm-hmm. And yes. You know, I mean, I don't want to speak on behalf of my friends or colleagues, but like no one was particularly concerned about inclusion or diversity. And even myself, you know, being a female in the Marine Corps, there were things I was annoyed about and things that need to improve in the Marine Corps about women in the military. But it wasn't something that actually like made it impossible for me to work. It was there were things that were difficult and, you know, everybody experiences challenges. I'm not trying to mitigate that, but nothing that I was like, hang on, hang on, hang on. We need to divert resources away from our uh, actual military training and readiness. And let's talk about how we feel today about, you know, gender equality or whatever like that. It's just, it's ridiculous. And this is a great example of why our military is weak and no one wants to serve in it. Yeah, the, I don't see that people aren't focusing on war fighting. It's like, well, have you ever sat through a four-hour PowerPoint about pronouns? Basically, what about pronouns? Just going to say gender like, gender inclusive barracks. Mm-hmm. And a, you you a, go and you talk about they them, you know, she he or whatever the crazy pronouns are that they come up with, and then you want to go out. Do you think people are going to go out and be like, yeah, let's go shoot something? Like, just it, it's demoralizing and it's frustrating. I mean. There's a lot. I don't of think people. it's a great way to. No, it's to not. And, and we've seen we covered it last week. Actually, we talked about it on our, our live edition show on Saturdays as well. Um, you know, the uh, numbers that they didn't hit for officers and, and, and new recruits, you it's know, bad. especially for the Army, uh, all time lows and, and just not good for the way the world is right now. But uh, 
you know, bringing it back home before we get back into the prospectus of nuclear Holocaust, uh, you know, I saw on meet the press this weekend, obviously Mm -hmm. not a show we're all a fan of meet the fake press. Um, I don't know how you do it. I I give you credit every show. I can't believe you stomach it, but get on your own. Sometimes you'll be surprised who you see on there. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, they they were talking about campaign messaging ahead of the midterm elections. Again, uh, the, the sole focus of our show, in addition to bringing you tidbits of the news from all around the world is how important this midterm election is and how a lot of the solutions to the things are going wrong in this country right now. If if anybody hasn't checked the retirement in the last couple of weeks, please don't because, uh, you might need a bridge You'll or a building. Sad. Yeah, you, you're going to need some my pillows to cushion your fall when you jump off the top of a building or a bridge. But you Hashtag know, steak for breakfast. There you go. Or, or promo code steak for breakfast. Promo code steak. 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 Get, okay. get your big big savings. You want those <laughs> percal sheets? They're so cool. Um, but you know, the, the thing is, is is uh, the left is trying to figure out. So we've seen two debates, uh, two bigger debates. We've seen Blake Masters and, and Mark Kelly, and we saw it last night, J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan. Um, I thought Blake Masters did a little bit better against uh, not as seasoned Senator Mark Kelly in doing the things that we've been telling everybody that they need to do on this show for months now and that they literally did. You stick to your you know, issues. You stick to their voting records. You stick to their alignment with the Biden agenda. And then whenever they try to hit you or take things out of context, you just go back and hit their voting record, hit the state of the nation. And, and they both did a good job of that. Uh, Tim Ryan, unfortunately, who's, who's already launched a presidential campaign before, was a little bit more seasoned uh, and prepared than J.D. Vance. However, there was a couple times where J.D. Vance really knocked it out of the park last night. I thought both uh, senatorial debates went to uh, the Republican, you know, challengers that are in the race and and in regards to that i think both of them probably picked up voters as well because it looks like their interests are are that of the people and not worried about being conspiracy theorists or insurrectionists or supporting any of that stuff like you know the radical election deniers yeah Mm. like like they say that that's all that's pretty much all they go and 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 i've told them you know like when they go low you just have to hit the voting record like it's cool for you to say these nasty things about me but look at what you voted on 97 percent with joe biden for tim ryan uh 95 percent for mark kelly and look at the things that you've killed Eighteen thousand border patrol agents you've you know agreed to hire ninety thousand new irs agents and etc so armed IRS agents. Yeah. And, and then we even saw the I think the biggest slam of last night was when, uh, you know, uh, Tim Ryan was really trying to hem J.D. Vance up, who's an unapologetic Christian on abortion. And he kind of had the same stance as Blake Masters did. I am a Christian. This is my stance. However, when it comes to federal legislation, I support this. So he's not saying I, I want to ban it across the universe. He's saying I support whatever, you know, Congress is able to work out, whether it be the 15 week ban or this, that or the other thing or whether it just stays in the states. And uh, Tim Ryan was talking about the case in Ohio where the 10-year-old girl was sexually abused multiple times. And J.D. Vance came right back and said, that girl would have never been raped if he wasn't allowed to be in the country illegally because he had been arrested at least half a dozen times for awful things. And because, you know, the city in Ohio where it happened is a sanctuary city, they blocked ICE from deporting this guy every single time. And that was like the biggest got of the entire debate. I thought it was great. And uh, I'm sure Christina and... Noah did too, but focusing in on crime here, uh, you know, the Dems are starting to really worry because in some of these major races, Ohio is one of them, uh, Dr. Oz and John Fetterman, who are in a heated race for the Senate seat in Pennsylvania right now, even though it shouldn't be because the guy's literally a complete retard, literally, um, you know, it, it, we're at the point right now where uh, 
we've used crime as such a big thing. They can't really focus on their own issues because every time they try to go out and say like, oh, well, Dr. Oz isn't for this or Dr. Oz supports that. Dr. Oz's campaign just puts out a half a dozen like file footages of ring videos of people getting like looted, murdered, beat up in Philadelphia that are like brand new. And it's making the, you know, Democrat people who are in this race, uh, have to fall back on their heels. Let's hear how Meet the Fake Press kind of spun it this weekend and uh, see where they took it from a Democrat standpoint. The battleground map for broadly now, it runs through nine key states in order to win back control. Republicans have to flip one of the Senate seats currently held by Democrats in Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, or New Hampshire, while holding on to seats in Pennsylvania, Ohio, North Carolina, Florida, and in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin, Republican Senator Ron Johnson, like many Republicans, is trying to put the focus on crime. Take a look at this recent exchange from a debate. Whenever I see a police officer, I go up to him and I say, thank you for your service. And if I have time, I say, please don't be dispirited by the loud few who are trying to defund you. I'm sure he didn't have the same interaction with the 140 officers that were injured during the January 6th insurrection. There it is. And let's talk about the 140 officers that he left behind because of an insurrection that he supported. Brendan, what do you make of that point counterpoint? Well, crime is a big issue. And we talk a lot about inflation. We talk a lot about abortion. Get ready, Most Republican candidates are running on crime. And particularly mm. uh, in Wisconsin, it is working to devastating effect on Mandela Barnes. Uh, Republicans, uh, Ron Johnson uh, is someone who should be very vulnerable. But he, he has, has been, been hitting the, the, this crime issue. And it, in some places, it's just going to work better than others. And in Wisconsin, it is working. I asked somebody, a, a plugged in political operative in Wisconsin, why is it working so, so well there? He said one word, Kenosha. Mm. I would say I agree with Brendan that crime is an issue that Democrats have to speak to. I think there was a missed opportunity there for Mandela Barnes when he talked about the insurrection. I think that mm. was a little disconnected from what people in Wisconsin are feeling. I mean, Milwaukee, crime is up in Milwaukee. If I were him or advising him, which I'm not, I would say <laughs> you should have made it about the use of gun violence and the fact oh. that your opponent has done nothing to address gun violence. And that is what is uh, sh showing rising crime in Wisconsin, because that's what people are thinking about. With their fears when they go out their door, less the insurrection. There is uh, not honestly. Been a more potent political issue that I can remember in recent years than defund the police. And while Mandela Barnes may have not said he wants to defund the police, he does have a record of wanting to redirect funds away from police, and that it's is going to police. hurt. And, yeah. and that is showing up <laughs> in the can, polls. But it's not just what you want. We had a country where a man was murdered. Um, strangled George Floyd. We had a country who then debated race relations and policing, and that Strangled? backfired. So defund the police, while Democrats have continuously said, most Democrats have said, we don't support that, it's stuck to them because some people in this country were deeply uncomfortable with the fact that we were talking about the fact that black people get killed at disproportionate rates than white people. We should also remind people that FBI just this week said murders are up, violent crime is down. So a lot of this is about fear, but it's fear on both sides because Republicans yeah. are saying crime, you should be fearing crime, you should be feeling the border democrats are saying you should be fearing your personal privacy and you should be fearing yeah you should be fearing what's going on in your front lawn i don't i'm sure we probably all saw what happened over the weekend uh at the home of uh new york gubernatorial candidate lee zeldin when two people who were running from getting drive by uh took shelter underneath his front porch and fired back at the vehicle that was shooting at them while he was out campaigning, but his two teenage daughters were locked in the house by themselves. That's awkward. It's very awkward. So, Christina, this whole crime thing is something that has been 
fabricated, but now it's grown to the size to where not even those who have created it can control it anymore. Obviously, Barack Obama was the most divisive president in the history of the United States. He yep. sparked uh, racial divisity in our country all the way back from late 2016, and then with obviously what happened with the uh, Michael Brown incident, and now we're, we're at a point where, listen— I can't scroll through Twitter for more than half a dozen tweets before I get to some ridiculous act of violence that makes my stomach hurt. I saw yesterday in Chicago two people pushed a guy down on a street corner. They shot at him from a distance and then literally walked up to him and both put the guns like two inches away from his head and emptied their mags into the guy's head on a street corner in Chicago. Um, Unreal. This is America. Yeah. This is the United States of America, and this is – I mean, it's all Democrat-run cities, and it's Democrat leadership. They don't want—this is what happens when you don't want accountability. These leaders for so long have been saying, I don't want accountability for my own actions. I don't want accountability for my own actions. And then they're pushing it down to their constituents, saying nobody should have any accountability for anything. Let's defund the police. And then everybody hated the idea of defunding the police. And they thought, oh, wow, people aren't just blindly taking us at our words anymore. So now, like that clip says, it's not about defunding the police. It's about redirecting funds away from the police. Like, okay, what's the difference? You're still defunding police. But it's just a lack of accountability. And I think these Democrats, they bring up the insurrection. They bring their, I can't even say it's not an insurrection. It, it was a staged coup, basically, by Nancy Pelosi and her crazed you know, team of lunatics. She, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I don't know. I just think the whole the whole thing is, it's really frustrating to hear them come out like this. No, you're right. When they talk, listen, we've, we've pointed it out. The Democratic platform for the entire midterm election is Republicans don't have a plan to combat the current state of anything. Uh, they're going to talk about Republicans banning abortion globally, which is also not true. They said they're going to sunset Medicare and Social Security and insurrection. That's that's pretty much where they're at in regards to their platform as how we move forward for the next two years under this current uh, regime. And on the other side, you know, we have Republicans who are, you know, for the most part, kind of aligning themselves with the Trump agenda. I, I think a lot more than in 2016 and 2018, to be honest with you, just based off of the fact on how many endorsements have made it back to, you know, uh, the, the home stretch here. In addition, people were saying that, Listen, places like Oregon that never flip, Senate seats in Connecticut and New Hampshire that we never talk about in the Republican side, you know, they want to say that Ron Johnson's running a close race. There are there are places that are up for flippage right now that we haven't talked about literally in decades. So right. they really don't know. It's like the, uh, no, we might have to work on that. The midterm election, the guy who puts the tape on the big water jug that's emptying all over the place. Oh, yeah, the flex seal. Yeah, and, and they just have no idea, um, you know, what, what they can do right now to kind of stop the bleeding because I still feel that we are in lined up here for a massive red wave come uh, November 8th. I, I, I absolutely, yeah, you know, you're totally right. You're, you're absolutely right. There should be a massive red wave. I, I beat this drum, uh, excessively, probably too excessively, but there will, should be, and will be a red wave. So long as people not only vote, but volunteer to work the polls, the polls have to be secure. If they're not same thing, you know, we're susceptible to 2020 and we haven't had enough changes to, 
secure the polls as far as legislation and actual uh, procedure. So people need to be present, be there and make sure that there's no funny business happening in your local area. So as long as people volunteer, not just get out the vote, get out the vote, get 10 other people out to vote, but go secure the polls. Which is an excellent point, but I will piggyback, piggyback off of that in just Essentially, you have a year and a half since Donald Trump left office till the end of the primary season, not up until now, which would be the end of the calendar year this year. There have been a lot of uh, things done to reform just the way, uh, you know, elections are in general. Uh, We've seen voter rolls clean. We've seen some, uh, you know, officials removed or retire or kind of excuse themselves from the platform. We've seen a lot more Republican registration in regards to poll officials and election watchers. Uh, In addition to that, we've seen the removal of some machines and some uh, of like the amount of time you have boxes and stuff like in Wisconsin. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, listen, we are miles away from where we need to be to have clean and fair and secure elections. However, I think uh, Donald Trump has done and, and, you know, the Republican Party, the ones who are working with him and it's an all hands on deck matter right now, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we've done it about just as good a job as we can to kind of go and. you know, make it to where we uh, can have massive day of voting right now and, and, and still have the effect that we want to moving forward. However, uh, you know, there are things like ranked choice voting that originally started in Maine and now we're seeing in Alaska. If we can continue to let that stuff be on ballots and move into states. You're you, right. You can have Republicans. You're right. They got to they get it off the ballot. Yeah, you can have they Republicans. Got, Go ahead. The same day voting stuff is is really good depending on where you're at. It worked in Arizona for the primary, for Carrie Lake's primary, because we obviously don't want them to know how many ballots they need to make up to cheat. However, it's so, so important that people are working the polls to make sure that people can vote on the same day. We see, like in New Jersey, we saw in 2021, yep. where they conveniently had all of the machines break in Republican precincts, Republican counties. And so there were like two machines available for, you know, everybody in in that local area. So you need people on site before working, working the polls to make sure that we actually can have same day voting. That's that's my only concern with it is these convenient, you know, glitches and breaks just, and I'm not even talking about algorithms or anything like that. I just mean like actually being able to cast your ballot. Yeah. Uh, we just need to make sure that all of that is in place. Kind of like we saw in Pinal County during the primaries for Carrie Lake. Yeah. You know, they they were out of ballots in what, less than two hours. And, uh, you know, they're going to, if all of our voters go on, on election day and, Oh, sorry, you can't actually vote. I mean, that's, that's a problem. It is very Mm -hmm. problematic. And we continue to see like, in addition, like some of the things to combat this, listen, We've had uh, early voting going on in the state of Pennsylvania now for a couple weeks, and John Fetterman has finally agreed not to the— Hobo Shrek? Yeah, not to the October 14th date originally uh, that they agreed on, but now it's—they're going to debate on October 25th. Like, essentially— Oh, geez, after, like, 75% of the ballots have been cast? Yes, they said nearly 60% of the entirety of the voting apparatus in Pennsylvania— will have cast yeah. their vote by the 25th of October, and that's when Dr. Oz and John Fetterman are going to have their debate, which is going to be... I think Dr. Oz has it in the back. Again, it comes down to election security, but I think I think Dr. Oz is in a, has a solid lead. No, we, we think so, too. Anyone who says they're within a point or margin of error, it actually means that the Republican candidate... They're plus is, 10. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, we celebrate Mehmet Monday and yeah. Oztober. So, I think Dr. Breakfast. Oz has it. Yeah, he, no, he's doing great. Yeah. 
Switching back to, uh, well, a little bit more of the geopolitics, I saw Dana Perino yesterday talked about, we all know Joe Biden made those off-color comments. Obviously, he makes a lot of them. And remember, no one fucks with the Biden. Uh, but <laughs> there it is. Uh, you know, a week ago, saying that we were moments away from Armageddon, uh, which kind of brings us back and puts our toes on the line to the 1980s when the threat of nuclear war with Russia was something that everybody kind of had in the back of their minds every day. How did we get back here in just two short years? She talked about it. About Russia saying the world is at its highest risk of a nuclear, quote, Armageddon since the 1962 Cuban Missile Crisis. He said that at a Democratic fundraiser event in New York City last night. Kind of a strange way to drop that out there. Apparently Mark Joe Meredith Biden is live with more on this. Hi, Mark. Dana, good morning to you. Well, the president issued his most dire warning yet that Russia may resort to using nuclear weapons in its war against Ukraine. As you mentioned, the president made these comments off camera, but press were close to the room at a New York City fundraiser where he was speaking. The quotes generating worldwide headlines this morning. Biden was quoted as saying, we have not faced the prospect of Armageddon since Kennedy and the Cuban Missile Crisis. And then in regards to Russian President Vladimir Putin, he said, quote, he's not joking when he talks about potential use of nuclear tactical weapons or biological or chemical weapons because his military is, you might say, significantly underperforming. The president went on to say if Russia were to use these nuclear weapons, even a low yield device, it would be nearly impossible for the situation not to escalate even further. For months, U.S. officials have suggested that Russia may resort to these type of weapons as it faces setbacks against Ukraine. And just yesterday, the Pentagon had to address this idea that Russia may deploy nukes. We do not have uh, any information that would cause us to change our strategic deterrence posture. Uh, and, and we don't assess that um, President Putin has made a decision to use nuclear weapons uh, at this time. President Biden also hinted yesterday he may meet with the Russian president at an overseas summit next month, but that no decision has yet been made. The president will be back out on the road, leaving the White House in about 90 minutes from now for an event in Maryland on the economy. We're going to be looking to see if he clarifies his remarks, Dana, but those comments last night certainly getting a lot of attention. Once you, you say those things, it's hard to take them back. So that is what, that is what he thinks, and we should know what he thinks. Mark Meredith, Absolutely. thank you for that. Yeah. One thing I think, Dagan, that people... Maybe the president hasn't had a time to weigh in on this, but you should. If you're going to say something like that, the American people are already concerned. The world is concerned. You're the leader of the free world. You should say a little bit more. But Putin has his own troops in that area. Mm. And I think that we have to remind ourselves, like, would he actually use nuclear weapons against his own people? That's probably very unlikely. Right. And if you want to take on Vladimir Putin, you need to take money out of his hands. And you do that by producing as much oil as mm -hmm. you possibly can. So one our why not do that if Why you're not? worried about uh, the use of a nuclear weapon? Well, Good points there by mm -hmm. Dana and Deegan. And he says, you know, he's quoting Joe Biden saying it would be nearly impossible not to escalate. It's almost like they are trying to cause war and perpetuate world war because it's actually not that hard to not have a world war. I mean, President Trump brought peace to the entire world in a very, very short period of time, and you do it through strength. It's not through, you know, cutting off our own pipeline, selling off our oil reserves, putting ourselves in the weakest state that we've been in in the history of our lifetime. Uh, you you make the United States as strong as possible. You have a very strong posture, and you let the world know don't do anything stupid because we will end it quickly. Mm -hmm. You don't go, well, it would be so hard and I guess it would go on forever and it would basically be like a nuclear holocaust. It's like, nope, you do something stupid. Just like Trump told Putin, you hit Kiev, I hit Moscow. Yep. 
That, that's what he said. That's how you do it. You end it quickly and it's done and it's over with the fewest casualties possible. But but Biden going out, running his mouth, saying it's going to escalate and it's going to linger. All it does is invite war. Yeah. And then when you have the front page of every fake news, uh, you know, press in the United States having Putin's war and, and, and global warming and COVID is the top three things that are wrong with the planet right now. I'm pretty sure it doesn't, uh, you know feed into them not holding back when when they're doing vicious things over in the region. I, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, you know, there, there once was a man who said that he had leaders like Vladimir Putin in check. He actually articulated on that. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Um, from Mesa, Arizona over the course of the weekend, Noah, mm. and, and gave a little insight into this whole narrative. You want to hear it? Yes. I know Christina does. I do. She's already heard it. <laughs> I've heard it a couple times. And now we have a war between Russia and Ukraine with potentially hundreds of thousands of people dying, we must demand the immediate negotiation of a peaceful end to the war in Ukraine, or we will end up in World War III, and there will be nothing left of our planet, all because stupid people didn't have a clue. They didn't have a clue. They don't understand. They really don't understand. I rebuilt our military. I rebuilt our nuclear power. They don't understand what they're dealing with, the power of nuclear. They have no idea what they're doing. I withdrew from the disastrous Iran nuclear deal. And as we speak, the people of Iran are bravely protesting against their corrupt and brutal regime, courageously facing down violence, persecution, jail, torture, and even death. We are with you, and we always will be with you. Two years ago, we had the strongest southern border in the history of our country. Now we have the worst border, in my opinion, in the history of any country, any time, anywhere in the world. There's no third world country that would allow millions of people to pour into their country. Even if they had to use sticks and stones to keep them out, they would do it. <laughs> they wouldn't let this happen to what's happening. And I say the Kinda number like is idea. much mm -hmm. closer to 10 or 12 million people coming in, not three that you keep hearing about. They're pouring in. Christina, now let, let me just put something out there that hasn't been talked about that much. And, and tell me how it's the ring of it sounds to you. Okay. Special envoy to Ukraine-Russia peace accords, Donald Trump. Um, I love the idea. Of course, he's the only one. If anybody's going to bring peace, um, if anybody's going to bring peace, I think it would be Donald Trump. Um, honestly, I'm not. I know this sounds kind of crazy. I'm actually less concerned about. I shouldn't say less, but at least equally as concerned about China as I am Russia, because Russia, of course, has everybody's attention because Putin threw out the nuclear word, and you know it has its ongoing tensions, but I, I don't know. Like I, I think China who has, who owns the Biden family mm -hmm. could, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I I've got concerns about all of it, but yeah, I mean, if anybody's going to bring peace anywhere, it's Donald Trump. No, you, you are right. And man, where we're at right now, I don't know what it would take. And I don't know how the special envoy or even like talking to someone who would talk to both parties 
uh, bring that all into the fold would work. Would it would it be something that the Senate could do, or does that elevate itself right up to you know the executive office and the president of the United States? I, I just don't have enough experience I inside mean, the Beltway. They'd have to agree on it. I mean, I would think that Joe Biden would need to designate. You know, he, he would have to designate someone to. It could be a senator. It could be whoever he wanted to designate to do that, or a team of senators. You know, whatever. Um, they would need to come to that agreement. But at this point, I think Joe Biden has weakened our stature so much in the world that nobody thinks of us as we're not threatening at all. Like none of these countries are looking at us going, well, the United States might step in, you know, they, they don't think that they're not, we are a non issue, I think in this discussion. So I don't, I don't think that anybody from the United States other than Donald Trump because people fear and respect Donald Trump. I I think he's the only one that could do anything. I don't see Joe Biden designating Donald Trump as a special envoy. But, how you know, funny. I suppose crazier things have happened. But How, how funny would that be, though? I, I, people would lose their minds. You think he like People would absolutely lose their minds. Do you think but Trump, but President Trump would have to be careful with that, too, because if it, if it didn't work and if Putin was crazy... But then President Trump's going to get blamed for this whole oh, world yeah. war. So I don't know that I would do it if I were him at this point, because they're going to look for any reason to blame him for something catastrophic. But I mean, it, the Biden administration has really, really lowered our standard in our our image worldwide. Yeah, our, our global stature is definitely not where it was just two years ago, where everyone right. kind of flinched every time he walked in the room. Now it's just like they're they're whiffing the air to see if he might have like had an accident uh, <laughs> when he enters the room. And yeah, sad but true. It's just, do you think Trump like calls Biden on the phone and like just messes with him, Joe? I think he orders pizzas to the White House. <laughs> Let me talk to them. <laughs> That's so funny. Christina, you met one of our great friends this weekend. You hung out with her a little bit. Well, she told me she she uh, got to see you. Erica Knight? Yes, yes, yes. Erica's great. She is great. She's one of our, uh, well, she's our pseudo manager. I'll just put it to you that way. So. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, she was on the risers <clears throat> for a few minutes you know, corralling some of the candidates through the press area. So she's great. She had on really great um, President Trump leggings. Have you seen her leggings? Yes, she wore them to the Arizona Trump rally when we went in July. She had President Trump all over, like they're just leggings with his face, like all All wrapped around. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) She she actually had on an oversized Trump Thug Life t-shirt and then like a a hoodie sweatshirt on when we saw her too. So no, she's all about it. And she works very closely with a lot of the people who work closely with the president still like Cash and Rick and all those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was really nice to meet her. So yeah, she's actually scheduling Alina to come on the show. Don't worry, we're not cheating with other attorneys. (laughs) No, Alina's great. Alina actually is awesome. She'll be a lot of fun. Um, She and I get along really well. So I'll be excited to hear that interview. we, We tried to get Liz into today with you but scheduling just wouldn't allow it she said maybe next time we could get get uh, you guys on okay. we could all rally on the government together mm-hmm. i, I want to play speed round before we go um so jobs prospectus came out today looking moving forward into november the uh the u.s economy is set to lose on average moving forward one hundred seventy-five thousand new jobs a month yeah i think that's right awful i think that's right it might even be more i think once you know a lot of small businesses have shut down and are shutting down, but as this economy continues to spiral downward, I think we're going to see these large corporations uh, cutting jobs as well. And I think once the large corporations do, we're going to see it hemorrhage even worse because obviously they have a lot more employees. So I think I, 
think you, the economy is in trouble. Jobs are in trouble. It's yeah, all bad. You're right because uh, you know they all the Biden administration always touts out that like five and a half to six uh, millionish jobs that are open or the, or that are like fluid. But when you actually look at the number, the people who are not pl- applying for government assistance, the ones who uh, you know have left uh, part time, it's more close to like 11 million people are unemployed right now. Sheesh! Like like that's that's a, that's a legitimate number in the United States, uh, and and it's something that's very concerning. I saw over the last 24 hours, uh, she's kind of like launched on multi platforms and kind of threw it out there. Uh, Tulsi Gabbard walk away from the Democrat Party. Don't, yeah. necess- don't necessarily know if that means she's registering as a Republican. Um, my whole take on it is if she's not trying to cuddle up for at least uh, a mild vetting for VP and Donald Trump, then she needs to like literally stay involved with whatever she's going to be doing with her podcast and stuff. Because politically, anything else she tries to do ends awfully for her. I think that's right. I I would like to see her because I really like Tulsi Gabbard. I do not agree with the vast majority of her policies, but I do believe that she's an American who loves this country and just has different views than I do. I think she need. I would love to see her as the face of a reformed Democrat Party. Um, radicals have taken over. Radical leftist extremists have taken over the Democrat Party, and I think Tulsi Gabbard's one of the few true Democrats who still is kind of involved in the, that political arena. And I, I'd love, I mean, I, I think her point is well taken and it's great. Um, maybe, maybe it is the end of the Democrat party. You know, I was, I was looking at this thinking the Republican party is getting remade, right? Because president Trump is turning the Republican party MAGA right? and the Democrat party is so corrupted. I was, I was thinking that once Repu- once the Republican Party really truly became the MAGA party, not just not just with the Trump rallies and stuff, but I mean it actually like the existence of the Republican Party yeah. truly embodied the American America first ideas. I thought that would kind of force the Democrat Party to do the same and maybe Tulsi Gabbard might kind of rise up on that, but maybe she's right. Maybe it will be the end of the Democrat Party, you know? No, it's a good um, it's a good point. And when you look at like some of the logistics, obviously a third of the party is calling for Joe Biden not to run in twenty twenty four. You have the opportunity in three and a half weeks to have Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer permanently removed from leadership within the party at their advanced age. They won't be making it to another term, especially in the Senate for Chuck Schumer. And then you have a lot of people who are just like walking away on both sides. The the literal rhinos. We saw Ben Sass this week announce that he's vacating his seat. So we'll have a special election there. Yeah, next, that'll be great. Next year, that'll be another big win for America first. And then, you know, you, you have people on the, on the, on the Democrat side who they've rolled out some of these awful candidates who are just not going to get it. I, I mean, we have the opportunity to ruin former presidential hopefuls like Tim Ryan, special election fake news winners like Raphael Warnock and, and et cetera, just in this election cycle here and, and really go, uh, you know, moving forward, rebranding the party, hopefully getting all of the Mick leadership, Rana, Mitch yeah. and, and Kevin on board. Uh, you've got Rick Scott surging right now, who I think behind closed doors is going to give uh, Mitch McConnell a run for his money in leadership, especially if we get everybody over the finish line, maybe have a few surprises like New Hampshire and Connecticut. You never know. And uh, that's the last thing I want to touch on you on. Which can't choose Carrie Lake. We all know she's the gold standard and she's our yeah. favorite too. What's what? What's your hottest take on the midterms? Give us like maybe your top three races that you want to see. These people have to be in Congress next year. In specifically in Congress, yeah. or could it be governors too? You could do a governor too. We all we, we listen. We know Doug Vember's coming as well. We had Mastriano on the show on Friday. He's a okay because he's one of. I think Mastriano is he's up there. I think Mastriano is pretty key. 
uh, for Pennsylvania. I think he's going to be great and do great things. And I fully expect to see him win. So I, my first would be Doug Mastriano. And then I'd say Blake Masters. Uh, it's always nice to take back a seat. And I think that's one where it can be done. And I think I, I've gotten to know Blake personally. I think he's a really great American who loves this country and yeah. shares American values. And so I think he would be a great addition to the Senate. And one more, um, oh, Ron Johnson. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer, but I do think they're they're gunning for his seat. I don't think they'll get it, but I want I want Ron John back in the Senate. Yeah, so do we. Any favorites for the House? There's a lot of seats out there. There's a lot of seats out there. Well, I just saw President Trump endorse a friend of mine, Corey Mills. That's from Florida. So uh, that's just kind of fun because he's a personal friend. Um, Andy Biggs, always great, uh, interviewed him this weekend and he's fantastic out in Arizona. Um, I don't help me out. Who are some of the house people you're watching? Oh, Max Miller, of course, got to throw Max Miller, uh, Ohio seven out there. Everybody, Joe Kent. So yeah. there's lots, there's so many good American first candidates. Let's get Joe Kent into Washington and yeah, yeah. I think it's good. You know, it was really great to see. We started with him on day one. We were his now we're not talking about Joe Kemp, but the stories kind of line up, and then they split uh, very distinctly. So Mike Collins, who's in Georgia Ten, received the Trump endorsement on Friday. Um, he was a diehard Trump through 2016, throughout the course of the Trump presidency, ran on a pro-Trump platform, ran into that whole Vernon Jones got you know inserted into his race. We had Mike on the show probably five times up until his primary, and we always talked about how he is such a professional, and he took the high road where like you can't be more MAGA than me. And I didn't get an endorsement and Mike bid his time. He won his election against Verdon Jones by like 70 points and then continued to run on a pro Trump era policy platform. And last week, Donald Trump gave him the official, you know, save America, uh, you know, email that went out to everybody. And when I got it, it was probably my most favorite one of the entire election cycle to see our great that's friend. Fun. Yeah. He, that's fun it's well earned. You know, he actually earned that endorsement. He proved that he was the right candidate to do it and got the endorsement. And even before so, he was out campaigning with a lot of the Trump endorsed House candidates. He, he had gotten, obviously, with Sandy Smith in North Carolina. He was up with Jared Majewski a few weeks ago in Ohio 9 and then had done a couple events with Joe Kent up in Washington, D.C. So it's great to see how all these people from all different areas and backgrounds are coming uh, you know, yeah. out for the midterms. And, and we're glad to see people from an extremely diverse background like yourself. How dare we? Christina, come on our show at least once a month and, and share some time with us. We want to direct everybody who's not following you on social medias or anywhere to direct them to do so, and we'll live link it in the show description today. Sure. Uh, my true social is at Christina Bob and then uh, Instagram, Twitter is Christina underscore Bob. Perfect. And uh, again, we'll be looking to sit down with you hopefully in about a month. Yeah. I love coming on every time. And we love hosting you. This is one of our great friends. and She's an attorney for Save America working harder than just about anybody else out there. Miss Christina Bob, thanks for coming mm -hmm. on the show. Thanks, guys. All right, joining us next on the show today, she is the official spokeswoman for the 45th president of the United States, Donald John Trump. Miss Liz Harrington, thanks for coming back on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Ma'am, it's our pleasure. How's everything going with you? Been kind of busy lately. I think everybody's busy when you just look at all the stuff that's going on, both uh, in the world and in our personal lives. And, and there's no rest for the weary at, at this point of time that we're in right now. I don't think so. No, absolutely. And we're getting so close to what's so important this election coming up i don't think it could be more important given the state of our country which you guys obviously know what's going on um, we have got to turn it around at the ballot box it's so so imperative and president trump is super busy uh, rallying for these great america first candidates and we just can't wait to 
get them across the finish line. You know, we're, we're going to, there's a lot of things I want to touch on with you, but we'll stay in the rallies. I definitely had that on my list. So two rallies last weekend, one in Nevada, one in Arizona, obviously Joe Lombardo and, and uh, Adam Lexalt were, uh, you know, two of the highlights of the Nevada one, and then you got a, a huge Trump-endorsed ticket in Arizona. The Secretary of State, Attorney General, Governor with Carrie Lake, Senate Blake Masters, House seats Eli Crane, newly endorsed, great friend of Steak for Breakfast, Kelly Cooper, got the nod this weekend for the full Trump endorsement. Great to see there. And uh, what can you tell us about, you know, it, it, it's we cover it almost as like we've become spoiled to it. You know, Donald Trump is not the youngest of men. Uh, his energy level is ridiculously through the roof. He did, you know, two rallies on back-to-back days with all of the travel in triple-digit heat uh, with, with his entire entourage. of These are huge productions to put on. He's now got Cash and, and Ambassador Grinnell out on the campaign trail with him. In addition to all these candidates, he has to bring new material every night. I watched both rallies multiple times to break them down for the show that we're going to cover later uh, on today's episode. And, and, and they are all different. He personalizes every single one for the events that he's at. He knows the importance of winning back the House and the Senate and now how that all plays into the 2024 game plan. But staying in this thread right here, just talking about the rallies, touch on that. Like you're outside looking in, but you work very closely with the president as well. How is that whole experience like? Because we talk to a lot of people in Trump world quite frequently. And honestly, they're all exhausted. But when you see Donald Trump up on stage, it doesn't look like he is at all. It's so amazing. I mean, he's not. Um, He is so raring to go every single day, and it shows. I mean, the energy at these rallies has been off the charts lately. And I think it's because the stakes are so high, and President Trump knows that. And he knows this really is uh, coming down to the wire for our country, and we have to turn it around. But speaking of these rallies in particular, the team is so incredible. I mean, President Trump can show up anywhere regardless, and he'll get tens of thousands of people. But with the security involved and the logistics and the venues and cancel culture, uh, you know, and a lot of places that do not want us to go and try to make our lives difficult, I just have to hand it to our team. They are just so incredible at pulling these off, really sometimes within, you know, a week's notice. Um, It's truly remarkable. And again, the people will show up regardless because they want to hear from President Trump. But the work that goes in, I I think, is just top notch. And they are just amazing professionals. And they are so exciting, these events. And they've even um, expanded it out because so many people want to speak at the rallies before President Trump speaks. Obviously, it's a huge platform And we want to include so many of the great candidates, but there's only so much time. Now they've kind of expanded it out even more to outside the venues, especially when we have these indoor venues, that there's people when they're waiting in line or when they're coming to get in line, they get to hear from people like Mike Lindell or Marjorie Taylor Greene twice or or just people from the local community. It, It is really, really exciting and engaging, and it's making it just an even better experience than what it already has been over these past, you know, five years. So it's really, truly awesome. No, that is an excellent point you make. And no one I got to experience it firsthand. You talk about like the pregame festivities for the Trump rallies. And like you said, you could see everybody from, uh, you know, Mike Lindell and Marjorie Taylor Greene, Sheriff Lamb uh, spoke when we were there. We've also seen uh, Cynthia Hughes, who's a great friend of the show. She's become a great friend of President Trump, who's the, uh, you know, founder of the January 6th Patriot Freedom Project. And, uh, you know, he gives them a platform to give a message out to people who might not know some of these things that are going on, 
whether it be about border security, election integrity, uh, the 900 detainees from January 6th who still haven't gotten, you know, their their promised constitutional due process. And uh, the way the president's kind of expanded his platform and allowed the base to really kind of grow and develop under the Make America Great movement is something that, like he says, it's the greatest movement this world has probably ever seen. And, And when he says that, I really feel like he ain't lying. No, he's not. And the way it's even spread internationally, I think, is incredible, too. I mean, he's endorsed candidates, obviously, in Brazil. Yep. Uh, had a huge effect. Um, and it's because, really, it's the same thing everywhere. People are yearning for freedom. They're yearning for common sense. They do not like this sinister globalist agenda that's you know trying to be pushed down. Uh, all across the world, and they're not having it. And so it's a great platform. President Trump is so generous uh, with the platform to share it out with so many people with other great causes. Um, it, it is really remarkable, and it's growing. It is absolutely growing. And you you couldn't even believe it, but um, there are more people that want to go to the rallies now than there were in 2015, 2016, And in 2020, it's truly incredible to think. And like you mentioned, he he you can't miss a rally because even if there is a a speech and a framework that is is similar, he's different every night. And you got to see what he's going to say. And it's it's fun, even though times are so bad right now and they're very difficult for people. They want to go out and hear from our great president uh, and hear what he has to say because it gives people a lot of hope as well. Yeah, no, it's, it's an excellent point there. And, and like you said, this is something you have to see as, as the only podcast that I've ever heard of that breaks down every Trump rally in its entirety and then plays the personalized outro for every geographic location he's in. It's literally almost impossible to play the similar clips on back-to-back weeks because sometimes he'll be in the middle of something that's like, you know, a, a part of the written speech and he'll just go off teleprompter or off page and interact with the crowd for like anywhere from five to ten minutes. There was like the rally was wrapping up in Nevada the the other day and he like just is like you know what can we stop this off for a second can we talk about the music at the end of the rally and then he started pulling the audience like do you like it clap do you not like it clap and it was just like a really fun I, I felt myself smiling the whole time I'm watching it because you're hearing this interaction with the people and we've been so you know given such a bad take on what our politicians look like and how they act and and how the people really look at them, you know, congressional levels and the House and Senate and the president, uh, you know, favorabilities have been so low for so long, and especially with the media. And then you have someone who really doesn't have that. He's actually the polar opposite of that, especially when he's like, it's so uncommon in our society to have someone touchable uh, who, who's in a high enough position as being a president of the United States. And Donald Trump is really that guy. He's throwing out hats. He's shaking hands. And uh, you just don't see stuff like that anymore. He really is a, uh, a throwback to the greats, and, and, and it pays homage to the legacy that he's eventually going to have when he's done in politics. Yeah, you go to these rallies, and it's like it's like a concert or a festival. It's, yeah. not, it's, not, a, it's not a rally. It's, like, it's, it's an event. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, we always hear about these poll tested politicians. Uh, Donald J. Trump is a people tested, like he'll actually Mm -hmm. test the people (laughs) who he's in front of. And he feeds off the energy and understands and connects with them at a base level that makes him such a great leader. I really think that's the difference. He understands the American people. He listens 
to the American people. And that sets him apart. I mean, everyone else is just listening to the consultants and listening to, oh, what can we get away with saying? Because, oh, there's so many percent think this and that. And when we all know these polls are so manufactured, it can give you any result that you're looking for. They're rigged. And, you know, politics is so much a rigged game. And President Trump just obliterates all of that. He exposes all of that. And he gets to the heart and the realness of the matter, whatever it is at hand. And it just shows. And that's why he's so, so effective. No, it's funny that you mentioned that because now that I remember listening to that piece from the, the Nevada rally yesterday, while he was polling the audience and off script, he actually went off script of his off script to say, you want to <laughs> know what? I could probably pay some pollster half a million dollars. <laughs> They'll poll 200 people and tell me the answer that I want to hear. He's like, I actually want to hear it from the people that are here right now. And he's like, we'll do whatever you guys want. And, and it's pretty funny just to see that uh, you, you reminded me of that. And it was, it was a part of the speech that really made me smile. Liz, outside of the rally circuit right now, and, and I do want to talk about the midterm elections in a little bit, but what are some of the other things going on in Trump world? I mean, he hits on all the points, you know, the stuff that's coming on from the, from the New York State Attorney General. Obviously, we got investigation after investigation after fake investigation coming out of Washington, D.C. And, and, and meanwhile, you have probably Donald Trump is, as one of the only politicians on the planet who could probably bring a hot zone, literally and metaphorically, according to Joe Biden, uh, something like the Ukraine and Russia situation, which is definitely heating up right now after after Joe Biden's reckless rhetoric. And then you had the Nord Stream bombing. You had the bridge bombing in Crimea. And and, and it just seems like, you know, the only thing that this government is lacking right now on a geopolitical level and regarding this situation only because it's lacking a lot of stuff is diplomacy. We'd much rather talk about what the perspective of nuclear war is other than like diplomacy, even if closed doors, something that we've always relied on as being kind of the shining beacon for the rest of the world. Donald Trump is probably the only person right now that could bring these two sides to the table and probably meet an agreement. Uh, What do you think, you know, just outside looking in, we know this really concerns Donald Trump. He has a really hard stand on how he treated Vladimir Putin throughout the course. We all know that Zelensky was a key factor in the whole impeachment hoax thing. So how is he looking at it kind of right now, you know, just, just seeing the developments that are going on? Well, I think it really is remarkable that President Trump is the only person who's talking about peace. Yeah. I mean, everyone else just wants to, you know, ratchet everything up and and make it, you know, a much more scary situation than it needs to be. I mean, we all know this would never happen if President Trump was in office. Um, and it's it's very frightening. I mean, you're on the brink. When's the last time you casually, you know, Googled nuclear war <laughs> and you get all these headlines that, that come up like ho-hum, you know, they're just talking about it so casually. Like, what what is this? I mean, it is unbelievable. And you kind of just have to separate because otherwise you'd lose your mind. Um, but the scary thing is it's None of the, it almost just seems like people want this to happen. And President Trump is the person being uh, the adult in the room yeah. and saying, let's get the sides together and end this thing that should have never happened in the first place. And he certainly could do it. Um, and we know that because none of this happened when he was in there for the first four years. So, I mean, the world was a much more stable place. Our country was a much more stable place. We had a secure border. We were prosperous. We were ending wars, not getting into more endless wars. And that's what it looks like uh, the Uniparty wants, right? They want to just keep um, making tensions worse. 
They want to keep uh, spending money, our taxpayer dollars, in Ukraine instead of fixing our border. They want to just keep funneling this money in and uh, ramping up the tensions rather than fixing the problem. And it's a real shame. And President Trump uh, feels badly about it. I mean, he wants peace. And no other president, certainly in modern history, has done as much as President Trump did in promoting peace uh, around the world. And that's what he's always been about. And it's the complete polar opposite. There's this great meme out there. Uh, I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's got one of those, you know, crazy left wingers, you know, <laughs> and on the left side, is she's like screaming, uh, Donald Trump's going to get us into World War Three or he's going to start nuclear war. And then on the right side, it's we have to start World War Three. Yeah. <laughs> and that's how crazy things have become. And the left is just kind of welcoming these tensions. And it's a really scary, perilous time when none of this uh, should be. It didn't have to be this way. Yeah, we're waiting to see after, you know, the emergency uh, huddling of the G7 Council this morning, how much more money Joe Biden is going to ship over to Ukraine. Liz, you know, we use border walls as legal tender on steak for breakfast since the start of this conflict. Just about nine months ago, we've sent almost 31 U.S. southern border walls worth of cash, aid and funding over to that region. Um, and, and that just shows for something that Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer literally shut the federal government down for months over back in back in the day when President Trump was in office and just wanted a little bit more of border security. We've sent 31 of those over to Ukraine, unabated, unregulated and just out of control right now. So it, it, we know the president's probably hurting on this matter because he, we knew he took a lot different take and it, and it equaled a, to a different result. And uh, moving forward, we hope that someone in that room ha has some sense of mind to, to at least, even if it's behind closed doors and you don't want to do it for optics sake, show some kind of diplomacy in getting these two people to the uh, negotiation table because this is something that needs to de-escalate very quickly. Absolutely. And, you know, to put it in perspective like that is truly amazing. 31. And to think what, you know, President Trump accomplished with so little help yep. from Congress and really so, you know, few resources. Um, and it's just been the record of his entire life, even before he was president and what he was able to get done, um, making so much out of so little. And that's really the mindset he brings and it's a complete opposite of all these people in Washington. And it's it's really disgusting. And the American people are so fed up with it. And the people around the world, and they're really feeling it, too. I mean, everyone's suffering um, because of this. And you know, you're not going to get any diplomacy from Joe Biden. He doesn't even know where he is. He doesn't even know what he's saying. I and mean, he's, you know, talking to donors about Armageddon. And then he goes to you know the beach house, and he's not going to negotiate anything. And he has to have it on you know cards to tell him when to sit down and when to say hello. So I don't think he's going to be the solution to this. But you're right. I hope somebody behind the scenes, even though we don't know who those people are, which is so disturbing, yeah. and why our country is in such a terrible place right now because we don't have that accountability. We do not have a real commander in chief. We have a total fraud in there, and we don't have consent of the governed. But whoever those people are, I, I, I pray that there's some sort of sense that's injected into this, because right now it just seems like everything they do is not just to make our country worse off, but the entire world worse off. And yeah. it's just a terrible, terrible time. Yeah.
Ron Klain and Susan Rice and Lisa Monaco, she's talking to you guys. So and we, we talk to you guys all the time as well. We know there's some of the uh, puppet masters behind the scenes. You, you did mention moving forward, Liz, and, and now we're in the you know biggest time, under 30 days until the 2022 uh, midterm elections here, probably the biggest one in, in the history of our country by far, just based on, I mean, Literally, toes are on the line for nuclear holocaust. You can't get much more, even if all the things at home weren't as bad. Just, just the the you know scare tactic of that we're that close to nuclear war right now is enough to uh, send people to the ballot box. We're looking for Republican turnout in record numbers across the board. We're seeing every single fake news pollster and pundit coming out there and saying how like the red wave is over. I just don't see it. But then, you know, you see these debates, you see some of the real pollsters out there and I don't even consider any of them like Trafalgar and, and 538. They're, they're all nice and good, but you know, they're still, in my opinion, not showing the polls as legitimate as they can, because, you know, if you have Republican candidates who are just surging and uh, look to be very popular and they're like down a point or two or within the margin of error, you know, they've got to be up a couple in reality, but uh, that's just the way the whole, you know, uh, fake news media operates. And it's one of those things where uh, what do you think the next couple of weeks looks like? We've seen a couple of major debates at the Senate level uh, with J.D. Vance and, and, and Blake Masters, both taking their, their incumbent challengers to task, hitting on the things that they need to, separating what their personal stance is from what their, what their you know, uh, elected official stance would be, in addition to both the incumbent's current voting records and the state of the nation off of how they've supported the Biden agenda. I think that's a pretty good blueprint. We aren't going to see a lot of debates. I mean, we have ones like Dr. Oz and, and, and you know, John Fetterman have agreed to like 10 days before the election to have a debate now, and, which is just absolutely ridiculous. We have, you know, Kerry Lake not debating for, for, you know, the gubernatorial race there in Arizona. But, but where we are going to have to see them and what President Trump's going to be doing after this week and how busy is he going to be? You want to give our listenership a little bit of insight on what the next couple of weeks are probably going to look like for Trump world? Sure. I mean, they're going to be very busy. There's going to be some more rallies. Um, we aren't ready to announce where he's going, but he's going to go places to make a real difference for these great candidates that we have to get uh, across the finish line. We have to win these elections. And I think these debates, the few that have actually been held, uh, show you exactly why all these Democrats do not want to debate. They're all trying to run the basement Biden playbook, yep. which is so insulting to the American people. But honestly, you know, why would you blame them, right? If they can run a shell of a candidate like Joe Biden and pretend he got 81 million votes, they'll they'll keep running that play as, as long as they want. I mean, this Fetterman guy, uh, even before his health problems, I mean, this is guy is the most radical loser uh, we've ever seen. He cannot uh, be qualified to run for anything. But now they literally think that they can just get away uh, and pretend um, that, you know, he's on the ballot and yet that he would actually be doing anything in the Senate. He, he's like incapacitated. I'm sorry. Like he's not fit for the job. Right. And yet they're just going to pretend and they don't care. It's just a name on a ballot that they think that they can stuff their way to getting a vote that they will just control and tell whoever is sitting there how to, uh, which lever to cast on any given issue. It is sick and we're not, we cannot stand for this as a country, as a constitutional republic. And they're running the same play in Arizona with Katie Hobbs. And she just thinks she doesn't have to debate. 
Um, and we know exactly why she doesn't want to debate. We've seen that, you know, two minute clip of her talking about Hispanic voters. <laughs> and she can't say she can't pull one sentence together. I and mean, this is horrifying how bad these candidates are. And yet you nailed it. Uh, these fake polls will say, oh, it's within the margin of error. They're so grossly inflated for the Democrats um, on day one that shows them even tied when, or up, right? And they're clearly not. Um, so my advice is do not listen to the polls and go out and vote and tell your friends to vote and tell your family to vote on Election Day. That's what you have to do. That's what President Trump is doing. He's going to be rallying in more places. He's already done a ton of rallies. It's been super helpful. We just talked about him uh, over the last weekend for these great races. We have amazing candidates. Yes, we do. We also have the issues on our side. Uh, the American people are on our side. Don't listen to the polls, but make sure you go and vote in person on Election Day. No, I mean, that, that's kind of what we need to do, and it, it's been the blueprint. Uh, obviously, in places where we have ranked choice voting, we're going to run into you know a little bit of issues there, but pretty much across the entire country, especially in places like Pennsylvania. I don't think we talk about the governor's race there enough. Doug Mastriano is such a great candidate, yes. and, and, and he's kind of been left out to dry by the establishment GOP. He mentioned it on our show this week. He was really thankful for his support, both in rallies and, and, and whatever else is going on behind the scenes in regard to funding from President Trump, but knows he's out there working so hard. And then when you look at a candidate like Josh Shapiro, who is like literally in all five foot three of him, the embodiment of the establishment of what the Democrat Party does, he has ran in the last two election cycles and in one slim margins against absolute crap candidates. And when you talk about Doug Mastriano, who, listen, the mainstream media could say whatever he wants. He's like a, you know, right wing Christian election denier. Everywhere Doug Mastriano goes, there are hundreds of people showing up. It's like yes. there are very few races across the country, Kerry Lakes included, where regardless of how nationally popular the candidate are, people just don't show up for your stuff like that unless you're really resonating with outside of the base. And I think because Doug Mastriano brings like the uh, religious and the family uh, driven component of that, in addition to all of the stuff, national defense and security for Pennsylvania, he's more than qualified based off his military experience and the way he's always worked with law enforcement, in addition to how he wants to unleash the energy sector there. I think that we just need to look outside of like what the news. Oh yeah, Josh Shapiro is up by five. Josh Shapiro is up by three. You know, it doesn't really look like Doug Mastriano is resonating. Josh Shapiro has won back-to-back -back elections by garbage margins against worse candidates than you can even imagine. And now he's up against a real uh, Republican America First candidate in Doug Mastriano. And I guarantee that'll be one of the biggest not surprises here, and probably not to Liz or Donald Trump, but ones that happen on election night that you're going to see. Uh, we bring that one home for America First. I couldn't agree more. I mean, it's it's the same tactic. They want, as Rush Limbaugh used to say, these polls are trying to shape public opinion rather yep. than reflect it. And they're trying to pretend that Doug Mastriano isn't just this amazing mainstream candidate. We need to take back the word mainstream from the fake news. We are mainstream. This guy is a family man. He's a Christian. He's a military man. And he's been a great state senator. He is totally normal yep. in the you know eyes of any average American. And his issues, what he believes in, is totally normal. On the other hand, if you want abnormal, if you want extreme, you've got it. You've got it with the Biden regime, and you've got it with these radical Democrat candidates who want no borders, who want unlimited crime, who want unlimited 
abortion in the ninth month or later, according to some of these insane bills, like in California and the former governor of Virginia, and on issue after issue after issue, they want to say it's okay for teachers to be promoting boys become girls, promoting boys play and take over your women's sports teams. I mean, all of these things are so outside of the mainstream. And then you have someone like a Doug Mastriano, a Carrie Lake, a Tudor Dixon yes. in Michigan, um, Dr. Oz. I mean, you can't get more mainstream. And he had such a successful TV show. He's got a great, he's brilliant, a brilliant surgeon. And all of these people are mainstream. They're not, you know, the, the crazy out, you know, what they try to paint us as. And if you want any proof of that, just look at the, you know, what's extreme $5 a gallon gas average. Um, higher in California. I mean, it's going to go so high. What they're doing to the um, strategic reserves right now is criminal. What they're doing, they're they're pouring it all out to try to lower uh, the gas prices for an election. And the second, President Trump has been talking about this at the rallies, the second this election over is over, your gas prices are going to go so high because they're artificially reduced. President Trump actually reduced them by opening up our energy independence, which is very easy to do because we have so much of it. Uh, And to cut ourselves off, but then deplete our security um, resources is absolutely, it should be impeachable. It's disgusting what they're doing. But all these things, again, that's extreme. And we have the issues on our side. We have these amazing candidates. Don't listen to the polls. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Doug Mastrano is such a great candidate. And guess what? The people, you know why they show up at all these events at a moment's notice? They hear Doug Mastriano is going to be in town. You know one of the major reasons? It's because he actually stood up for the people of Pennsylvania yep. when their election was being stolen from them. People remember that, and it's a big motivating factor for why people are going to show up in 2022 as well. Yeah, we always remind our listenership, Liz, it's great points you made, you know, just talking in general about the elections. And then, of course, we, we celebrate both Oztober and Doug Vember on Steak for Breakfast <laughs> as, as part of, you know, celebrating President Trump's future uh, senators and, and governors for the great state of Pennsylvania. But we're in that phase right now, the next couple of weeks, not only is it going to be busy, not only is there going to be a lot of news coming at you from all directions, the October surprises, like we always tell our listenership, Expect another state AG here or there to throw some kind of frivolous lawsuit at Donald Trump. Have somebody up on Capitol Hill say that after the midterms, they plan on investigating for Donald Trump for something else. And then, like, we've seen hit pieces with, like, people like John Gibbs and Herschel Walker and a couple others where they just bring, like, these fake news, non-consequential narratives out. Like, 15, 20, 30 years ago, this happened, and, uh, you know, it it really looks ugly. Like, you know, kind of like the... uh, the, the one hit piece they had with Donald Trump heading into the into the 2016 presidential uh, general election, you know, the um, Entertainment Tonight one. And it's just, it's really in bad taste, and it takes away from, like, the sanctity of what politics should be. But unfortunately, that's where we are. It's, it's very dirty right now. And, and you have, you know, people like Joe Biden out there talking about how all of his friends came became, like, policemen and firefighters, and he wasn't qualified for any of those jobs, so here he is. That's literally a quote that he just gave from... Delaware right now after having a house fire this morning there. Don't want to get into that pretty much, but you, you can only 
you can only derive uh, what probably happened. But anyways, Liz, I mean, you know, it's great sitting down with you and really getting an inside look in Trump world and everything that you're working hard on with, with President Trump and, and just, uh, you know, rallying our base a little bit because it's that time. It's all hands on deck. We've seen people like like you mentioned, Marjorie Taylor Greene. We've also seen Matt Gates, Ted Cruz, several other people, Glenn Youngkin's going around. Uh, for some of these Trump-endorsed candidates, and maybe not working directly alongside the president, but out there on the campaign trail to making sure that we can get to those great numbers. Like, we pre- we really do prefer our electoral pronouns on Steak for Breakfast to be uh, 35, 53, 245-ish. They can all go higher than that, but those are our absolute floors uh, after we head to the ballot box on November 8th. What do you got for a closing take in regards to our listenership, just to uh, kind of pump us up heading down here the stretch? You know, I think that's what it is. I think it's unity and we have to be united. And I think, you know, it was kind of a grueling primary, um, yeah. not for President Trump. He had over 98 percent success uh, win rate in his endorsements. But, you know, now that we're into so close the general election, um, it's all about coming together and understanding exactly what's at stake and it's everything it really is and we know what happened in 2020 they will not stop as we've seen um the police state that we're just becoming um what they're doing they they do not care and they don't care to show up at a pro-life activist home um with guns drawn uh, against their children i mean this is not america and i think people understand that And the more they do, whether they're in Washington or outside, we need to unite and make sure that we win these elections. This is it. It really is because these people have no shame. There's nothing that they won't do. There's nothing that they won't invent or lie to cheat and steal. I mean, there's nothing. We've seen that and they've proven that. And they're going to throw a lot of more smears out and and attacks and more hoaxes. We know the drill. But we need to be united and not waver. We know the truth's on our side. We know what's at stake. And we know the country we love. And we have to preserve it. Our republic is so much more important than any petty differences we might have. We know what's most important. So I just encourage everybody, be united. Uh, Don't let them uh, play any of these games. Show up. Vote in person. Um, get as many people as you can um, and united. There's nothing that we can't do. Well, you make some excellent points there, and you talked about the truth. It's the only place we could find you on social media. Real quick, though, I saw on Twitter uh, Victor Orban created a Twitter account yesterday, and he ended his day by saying, I've had such a great time with my first day on Twitter. The only thing I'm wondering is, where is my great friend, at real Donald Trump? (laughs) (laughs) And everybody was in his comment section, like, linking his true social account and telling him to go there. It's a great experience. Obviously, Victor Orban's already on true social, but... uh, Liz, it's the only place we could find you. We're going to put the president's website up to where they can get updated on when you guys finally announce for the next rallies. But what's your handle on there? And we'll live link it in the show description today. Absolutely. I'm at Real Liz USA. You got to get off the fake propaganda, uh, you know, big tech platforms. They're they're totally fake. And um, you may have, you know, a few less followers on Truth starting out, but at least they're real people. And it's a lot more fun. Yeah, the engagement's incredible. It's something that we hadn't experienced in our now over four years of of podcasting, and we look forward to, uh, you know, we added Samsung not too long ago. We're going to talk with Devin Nunes and Cash Patel about that on Friday, but 
it's a great it's a great experience and literally right now it's one of the only places that you could find uh liz harrington and we'll be looking to have you back in the next month probably after the midterms we'll get a recap and hopefully take a victory lap with you i think we will be but this is the uh official spokeswoman for the 45th president of the united states miss liz harrington thanks for joining us on the show today thanks so much well donald trump hosted two save america rallies this weekend on saturday and sunday this week stopping in uh nevada first and ending in arizona for some of our great friends of the show, Adam Lexalt and Joe Lombardo and Carrie Lake, Blake Masters and friends. What do you think, Noah? Kind of uh, crushing it on the trail right now, doing more than most. Hey, can't say that uh, it's not effective. To say the least, as we see some of our good friends in the uh, Republican standings surging in the polls. However, I did just read one. Pretty laughable. Um... And it's regarding the Senate seats. I don't know who the outlet is, but they just posted for the first time that they uh, project 51 Senate seats for the Democrats for the first time in this election cycle. What? I don't don't know what what their data is. Probably a lot of illegals. But the fact of the matter is is that Donald Trump was rocking. We're going to start off in Nevada before we segue to Arizona. And he took to the podium and quickly... Cut into the uh, challenger there to Adam Lexalt, sitting Congresswoman, Senator from Nevada, Catherine Cortez Masto. Let's hear him uh, chop her up a little bit. No need to get out and vote to defeat your embarrassment of a radical left Senator, <laughs> Catherine Cortez Masto. <laughs> Made himself laugh. Who is respected by no one. Nobody listens to her in Washington. For the past two years, Catherine Cortez Masto has been the deciding 50th vote to rubber stamp every nation wrecking bill Joe Biden, Nancy Pelosi and crying Chuck Schumer have rammed through Congress. Cortez Masto has one of the most atrocious voting records in the entire U.S. Senate. Mm. She voted against funding for more border agents and to stop illegal aliens from coming into our country. Oh, that's a nice vote. She also voted to double the number of IRS agents, carry guns, to harass American taxpayers, because that's what they're going to do. They're going to harass you, especially if they find out that you're a Republican or a conservative. She voted in favor of deadly sanctuary cities and against prioritizing the arrest of illegal aliens who committed violent crimes. She doesn't want them arrested. Let them go out and do some more violent crimes. (laughs) She voted to shut down American energy production, shut down the Keystone XL pipeline, which I approved on day one. And she supported raising the federal gas tax by a lot. She voted to let men compete in women's sports where they are breaking records by a lot. Oh, the weightlifting record, oh, that was broken by many, 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 many pounds. The swimming records that they wanted to break by one one one-hundredth of a second are being broken by minutes. (laughs) It's terrible and honestly very demeaning for women, very, very demeaning. So ridiculous. Men competing in women's sports. So ridiculous. And she voted to use taxpayer dollars to push critical race theory on pre-K and elementary students. That's one of your favorites, Noah, right? Mm. Love it. I love the fact that he went into her early because 
she's a disaster. Yeah. And, you know, Adam Lexall, who's going to be the most seasoned and polished of all the Senate wins we pick up in the midterm elections, is uh, doing great against her record as they're absolutely getting crushed in uh, Nevada right now with crime and inflation. And they're, they've been in the top five, usually in the top three in gas prices. I know California repassed them again this weekend because our gas out here is now number one in the nation. Uh, for high prices, well over $6 a gallon. But, you know, this is uh, exactly what he needs to be doing uh, ahead of their debates as well, kind of like setting the stage for the things that you know Adam Lexall is going to be hitting her hard on. He jumped right into Joe Biden next, and, uh, well, you're going to kind of like the things that he was dropping bombs on here, not figuratively or like uh, Russia did on Ukraine over the past 24 hours either. Biden hears me speak. He knows he can't fight back in any other way than to try and get me through these prosecutors that were. That's the only way he can maybe get me. I don't think they can. First of all, we did nothing wrong. It helps when you've done nothing wrong after six years. Remember all the things? We want to get this paper. We want to get that. We want to get all this stuff. And you know what it's proved? It's proved that I'm really wealthy. I have very little debt. I have a lot of cash, and I built a great company. That's what it proved. Very great company. Much, much greater than anyone knows. You'll be seeing that. You'll be seeing that. He can't speak clearly. He can't think clearly. So he tells law enforcement, you got to do something about this guy. He's killing me. And, and that's the thing. It led into uh, one of our newest pieces. Um, that we're going to hear for the first time ever. Noah, I don't know if you saw, he brought back out the uh, Jumbotron. Oh, nice. And I would like to say big, big congratulations to two of our uh, great friends in the memer community, Ramble Rants and C3P Meme. Both made the big screen for his newest, um, well, Biden extravaganza. I wish I had more time to make memes. <laughs> yeah, he, he busted out the ultimate Biden gag reel, uh, which featured some of our great friends. Let's hear a portion of that. That he can't speak clearly. He can't think clearly. So he tells law enforcement, you got to do something about this guy. He's killing me. So we had just a little quick video made up. Would you like to see it? <laughs> would you like to see How it? How would you say your mental focus is? Oh, it's focused. <laughs> I think it's, I, I haven't, look. Let's get ready to bumble! I think it's a right for people that have bad health care. True international effort to pressure. Guys, you I can't believe I said that. America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. Already put in. I was going to put him in uh, foot. Corn Pop was a bad dude, and he ran a bunch of bad boys. Wait, 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 wait. All men and women created by the goat. You know the, you know the thing. <laughs> it holds near and dear to you that you uh, um, like to be able to. Anyway. <laughs> we went for two reasons. One. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I've had a couple 
Washington. But the nature, not Representative Jackie, are you here? Where's Jackie? I didn't think she was, she was going to be here. Um, uh, um, what am I doing here? I'm talking Yeah. I got hairy legs that turn that 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 thank you for tolerance for listening to me i appreciate it very much <laughs> that's brilliant Yeah, the crowd was definitely feeling that one. And again, congratulations to two of the friends of in our memer community, C three P meme and Rumble Rants for Yeah, getting... if you're if you're not following those guys, you're missing out. And listen, now you have an additional <laughs> way to catch them besides their social media where you should be following them, but now you can see them exclusively at Trump rallies as well. Where was that Trump. clip that was on Real America's Voice or uh yeah, that one was from Real America's Voice and they also have the clip on Right Side Broadcasting, I believe, Newsmax. Nice. So check him out on those accounts as well. Give him a share and tag them like we did. So he, he did get into some serious stuff, though. Um, you know, there's been reports over the last couple of weeks that the DOJ might be uh, charging, even though we're hearing that it may be a, a very light slap on the wrist. Hunter Biden with some crimes related to uh, his gun purchase, in addition to some tax-related stuff over the course of, uh, you know, the next couple of months, probably after the midterm elections, which means after the holidays. But uh, let's hear him touching on that one for the first time. Now they're leaking that they may actually be charging Hunter Biden with very minor charges relative to the crimes that he apparently committed. And I look, we don't want bad stuff to happen, but they're leaking that couple of minor charges, couple of minor charges relatively compared to the kind of charges that they could be. And that's up to them. But are they actually going to do the right thing and hold the Bidens accountable? Or is this just a charade and an excuse to continue targeting me and our movement of Make America Great Again and America First? I don't know. I think I think they're doing this for a little reason. I think they want to target us and they make it look a little bit more fair when they throw out a couple of charges about Hunter. Now, you know what's happening. It's a disgrace what's happening in this country. And it is prosecutorial misconduct. And the people in this country aren't going to take it. Remember this. They've come after me now for six years. A friend of mine who's a very successful guy said, you have to be the most honest guy in the world. My son, who runs the company, Eric Trump, he's probably... He's probably, in the history of the world, he's probably the most subpoenaed person from Congress every week, every day, every month, every... We get a... We have a... We got to a point where we just stack them up. But there's never been anything like it. It's a disgrace. You know, instead of focusing on our country and focusing on all the problems ahead and focusing on all the potential that we have as a country, all they do is keep investigating and investigating the Russia hoax. And it seems to be always turning around, doesn't it, where they created the Russia hoax and they were the ones that dealt with Russia in order to create the fake document, the fake dossier and all of the things that they've done, the, the crimes that they've committed, it's a disgrace. But it's crystal clear that they're coming after me because I fight for you. 
Mm, good point there. What do you think, Noah? Uh, I that that is a good angle that the the forty fifth president took there, talking about how they might be doing like, uh, oh look, Hunter Biden's going to get like he's going to have to pay fines and maybe get you know some community service, and and now we can go back to listen. I was thinking about it the other day. Just imagine ever since people like George W. Bush, George H. W. Bush, Bill Clinton. Barack Obama, imagine when they left office, instead of going on their book tours and buying Netflix and golfing in fucking Texas and doing all the other bullshit stuff, you know, open up their presidential libraries. They were the like literal source of congressional investigation and state district attorney investigation every single day forever for decades. Yeah, it's ridiculous. You've never seen anything like this before. If, If Donald Trump is literally the criminal that they painted him up to be, how has there been nothing that has stuck to him? I, I think it would be a non-issue if they weren't so scared of him running again. Like, if, if it was his last term, if he'd done, like, the full eight, it would just be over. Yeah, it would just be, like, a, a voice in the wind. Yeah, like they're a, just like, oh, we still don't like him, but... uh, Let the old man rant on. Who do we not says. like now? What, who's next? Who, mm-hmm. Who's next not to like? Carrie Lake. And they'd probably be shitting on Joe Biden's son equally yep. because they don't have any skin in the game at that point. Ew. Poor choice of words. Hunter Biden memesters, do your worst. He did continue on that thread and talk about the weaponized Department of Justice and the FBI. Let's hear that one. We have a weaponized Department of Justice and FBI on everything, including of the course of, I mean, think of this. How about including the break-in of my home (laughs) concerning the so-called document hoax case? This is a new hoax, the document hoax. Just look at how every other president has been treated when they left office. Very interesting. They've been given all the time. These are other presidents, all the time needed because you're supposed to have as much time as you need. Oh, that's a good one. And complete deference when it came to their documents and their papers. Take as much as you need. Barack Hussein Obama moved. <laughs> More than 20 truckloads, over 33 million pages of documents, both classified and unclassified, to a poorly built and totally unsafe former furniture store located in a rather bad neighborhood in Chicago, (laughs) with no security, by the way. George W. Bush stored 68 million pages in a warehouse in Texas and lost 22 million White House emails. He lost 22 million emails. Can you imagine if I lost two emails that say this is terrible? (laughs) It must have been nuclear in those two. (laughs) Covering the Iraq invasion. He didn't want to hear about the Iraq invasion. It was one of the worst decisions ever made, and he lost 22 million can you believe this we're talking about million pages and they're coming after me but they're still looking for them they're still looking for those pages bill clinton took millions of documents from the white house to a former car dealership in arkansas we love arkansas i can tell you we won arkansas both times also and kept classified recordings in his sock drawer In fact, he supposedly put the information from the White House into his socks and left the White House with the information. So we call it the sock case. If I did that, there'd be major trouble. You know, and he would go on to say how a lot of those documents from Bill Clinton moved on to a uh, bowling alley slash Chinese restaurant that had closed down. That's where they decided to store them there. Ooh, no Chinese food. Mm. 
I'm looking for maybe some some South Park shitty walk at the end of the uh, show today. That's <laughs> oh! a good possibility there. Uh, let's get into the friends portion of the rally. So a lot of people are activated right now. We've seen Marjorie Taylor Greene out on the campaign trail. Lion Ted Cruz is out there. Matt Gates is out there. All the reps in the places that they're going, like Andy Biggs and you know people like that are out there working hard for the Save America movement. Two great friends and, and, and reoccurring guests. We're actually going to have both of them in here in the next two weeks. Uh, Cash Patel, who will be in this Friday with Devin Nunes, uh, has joined President Trump on the campaign trail. He, they appeared at the uh, Save America rallies this weekend with great friend of the show and who will be coming in on, on November 1st, Rick Rennell, former ambassador to Germany. Nice. And uh, they kind of did like a two-on-one on stage at the same time. Uh, in the beginning of the rally to get the crowd hyped up. And, and they're, they were talking about, here's Ambassador Grinnell touching on uh, all things border-related. Let's hear him weigh in on this uh, top three ticket item right now. Ever apologize for wanting a closed border. Let me tell you something. As an American, wow. we are the most generous nation in the history of the world. When it comes to immigration, we give roughly a million people a year U.S. citizenship. And I challenge the fake news media to look and see any other country that is as generous as America. You will not find another country that is as generous. Unfortunately, we have 100 million people trying to come into the country. So you have to have rules and you have to have a line. Try going to the grocery store and cutting the line. And when someone says, hey, you should get back to the end of the line you turn around and say shut up racist <laughs> that doesn't work i love him mm. no he, he you know what the, the fact of the matter is is ambassador grinnell just doesn't care he, he goes out and speaks from his heart and you know he's very proud of the work he did in the trump administration and uh looking forward to see him being part of the next one as well probably a secretary of state uh getting into some of these you know other candidates who president trump was hosting the save america rally for namely senatorial adam lexalt uh, he called him up on stage, and he gave a little piece there attacking Cortez Masto as well, talking about gas. Uh, let's hear that. It's Adam Laxall. Great, Adam. Hey, sir. Appreciate it. All right. How we doing, everybody? What a beautiful night in Minden. Well, thank you, Mr. President, for being there, supporting me from day one of this 13-month race to flip Nevada and fire Catherine Cortez Mastel. And thank you for coming to campaign here in Nevada with us. I'll tell you who is not coming to campaign right now with Catherine Cortez Mastel, and that's 38% Joe. <laughs> You know who else isn't coming to campaign? Our borders are, Kath, or, uh, excuse me, Kamala Harris. I could tell you what, we are at 16% inflation in this state. We have almost $6 gas. 70% of Nevadans think we're on the wrong track. 37% of Nevadans approve of the job Joe Biden is doing. Let me ask you something. Do we miss the Trump economy right now? Do we miss Trump gas? Do we miss Trump national security? Folks, 
We only have one shot to save this state and save America. Let's go out and get it done. Get out and vote. Thank you. Thank you. So important. Mm-hmm. It's so important. Uh, you know, a lot of people, you just can't think about waiting to see what's on the other side of not taking action now and, and using your vote as, as your weapon to, you know, issue a referendum on this current regime. Places like Nevada had never been in the top five or top three in gas prices. I believe they're number two or three in inflation, both second or third only to California. And, you know, as far as like the job market goes, you know, Nevada is a very transient place. They do have some kind of uh, agriculture and mineral aspects in addition to the big tourism component of the state. But you've never seen the job market this bad. The drug epidemic there is out of control. Adam Laxalt has hit it all three times he's come on this show. The human trafficking component that's going on in Nevada right now, it's literally a corridor state, and and they're shipping bodies from the U.S. southern border through Nevada and all over this country. That includes children, And, and it's just something that, you know, needs to be addressed immediately. And the only way we could do that is by flipping the Senate. He would be, you know, one of one of the, the flippers that would turn it to 51 in, in favor of the Republicans. And, and we need to make sure that this happens on November 8th. He is probably the most polished. He's political royalty in Nevada based off of his jobs as the attorney general. He's already worked in the Trump campaign and the Stop the Steal uh, following the 2020 presidential election and, and parlayed that into a nice senatorial run where it looks like he's up by about two or three points right now. So we hope to see. Continue to see that that success as we're getting ready to, you know, hit the home stretch here. Joe Lombardo, who's running for governor, looking to flip that seat as well, uh, talked about, you know, his opponent's lack of action uh, regarding inflation and the jobs in the state. It's like they can all stay in the same thread. The top three ticket items is is the ones that are going to get you over the finish line. Uh, Let's hear him. Going on called inflation. And it's twofold in the state of Nevada. Why is it twofold? Because we don't manufacture anything here. We don't diversify the economy. We can't support ourselves. So we have to pay twice as much as everybody else. And is our governor doing anything about it? No. You see his campaign commercial. He's walking through a grocery store and he throws a, a pound of bacon out. and He goes, I can't do anything about inflation. Then why are you in the office? You need to resign and leave. He's an expert. He's an expert at handing out everybody else's money. Yep. Right? And that's why we have inflation. Stop handing out everybody else's money. Tell them to get up off their butt, get to work, and we will save this state. Hmm. What do you think, Noah? Yeah. I like getting off your butt and getting to work. Everybody needs to get off their butt and get to work. Oh, yes, they do. Yes, they do. We're going to segue out of uh, Nevada right now. We're going to bring it down, well, over to Arizona. And uh, we'll stay in the Friends thread, and we'll just link the uh, two rallies that way. So Donald Trump headed over to Mesa, Arizona the next night, a little bit earlier of the day, and without a tie for this one. It was a heater out there. Uh, Temperatures well over 100 degrees for a Save America rally for our great friends. Uh, Blake Masters running the Senate, Carrie Lake and the governor. Obviously, we got Mark Fincham, Abe Hamaday, Secretary of State and Attorney General candidates. Some new additions to the uh, House nominees. Well, Eli Crane, great friend of the show who was endorsed by President Trump. Over the weekend, Kelly Cooper, frequent Steak for Breakfast enjoyer, was endorsed officially by President Trump. So it's great to see him mm. pick that up and uh, moving forward. That's what one of the top three most flippable house seats in the country. President called up Blake Masters to talk about... Uh, you know, what failed Democrat leadership looks like. And uh, let's hear the future senator from Arizona weigh in. 
Do you ever just stop to think, how much better were we off just two or three years ago? We had a secure border. Crime was under control. You could actually afford to live. Prices were pretty low. Gas was $2. It was good. Let me tell you what, that doesn't happen by accident. That happened because of President Trump and his America First policies. Yep. It is that simple. And then what happened? Joe Biden happened. Mark Kelly happened. Just 22 months later, everything's on fire. Our southern border is a disaster. Crime keeps going up. The cost of groceries, actually the cost of every single thing you need to live, keeps going up and up and up. But you know what? We the people, we the people are waking up. We saw what successful leadership looks like. Looks a lot like President Trump. Yeah. And now we see every day what failed Democrat leadership looks like. And so the choice is clear. <laughs> President Trump saved this country once. I can't wait to see him do it again. What do you think? Thank you. Cheers to the guy who yelled Chai Kong Kelly. <laughs> so shout out to the uh, sitting Democrat senator from the great state of Arizona. No Trump rally there would be complete without hearing from the gold standard of the entire 2020 midterm election cycle, and that would be the gubernatorial Republican nominee there, America First Trump endorsed Ms. Carrie Lake. She had joined us on the show last Friday. Apparently, we found out from Christina Bob today she was horribly under the weather, couldn't tell it in her flawless interview with us. I mean, she was joking around, bouncing her little pug on her lap and uh, talking about how she's going to make that state great again. She was there vacuuming the red carpet on Sunday for uh, the photo op booth with President Trump and then took to the stage when he called her up to talk about, well, no, you're going to like this one. I won't tease it. Now, I got to tell you, I have some of these know-nothing consultants who tell me, you know, you really need to back away from President Trump right now. And I say to them, put down Hunter's crack pipe right now. <laughs> Wouldn't it be horrible? Wouldn't it be horrible? What would it say about my character if I stepped away from my friends? If I step away from my friends, that means I would step away from you, and I will never step away from the people of Arizona. Mm. And so for those know-nothing consultants and the media, I want to show you what it looks like when I step away from President Trump. Just give him a big hug. And she's great. Mm -hmm. I mean, the people of Arizona, you are in for more than a treat, to say the least. I just feel like we're at a point right now, we have to be able to stay laser focused on this. And, you know, people like Carrie Lake, people like Blake Masters, Adam Lexalt, Joe Lombardo, all those house picks, the secretaries of state, attorney generals, you know, they got a great attorney general who's running out in Nevada as well. We don't talk about him enough. Uh, Steve Bannon highlights him frequently. It's it's Marchant, and, and he's good. You know, going to be really great for that state and, and, and wanting, uh, you know, to fix all the stuff there in regards to elections and, and coordination with federal agencies and getting the illegals out of there. And, and we just have to be able to, uh, hear these people's messages, hear their hearts and, and know that, you know, importantly enough that, uh, in a few short weeks, we're going to be able to, uh, you know, pump the brakes on this and get these candidates in there because, uh, well, 
you know, we all know what happens on the back end of it, and we all see what's going on right now. It's the vicious people that are surrounding Joe Biden and his job. These people are at the top of their game, and we have a person and people that aren't. Now, he's surrounded by vicious, smart people. Don't underestimate. I don't even believe that he's the one necessarily that's causing these problems. True. He is surrounded by vicious, very smart people with a different ideology than the people in this office, than the people in your great state. And we're going to have to be very smart and very strong because that's not what's doing it. People are pulling strings, and it's very sad to watch. Nobody thought this could happen in our country. No, I, I certainly didn't, to say the least. I mean, I, I know Noah is not really uh, – listen, we all weren't happy with what happened in 2020, but there's no way that you could have thought that this is literally what, what it was going to look like just a few short years later, like this bad, this fast. No, it's – I mean, I knew it was going to be bad. I didn't ever expect it to get to the point. Like, if, if you would have told me – like, if you had a fucking time machine and you would have been like, hey, guess what's going to happen <laughs> – in less than a year. How do you explain it? Like everything from the COVID vax to like. Just to all the off the wall shit yeah. that's happening. I just, I wouldn't believe it. But I think we're in good shape. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, because even the people that I talk to that are left, left of center, a little weird, uh, not quite as much blue hair dyes soaked into their brain yet. But okay. um, even if they can't stomach voting for Trump, just fine. That's your right vote for his endorsed candidates well no I'm, I'm talking about just like the presidential like just completely just that alone on its own it's like throw your vote away on somebody else yeah. don't just vote for fucking biden just because it's the fucking democrat party and vote blue no matter who's gonna ruin the fucking place because mm, they sure have because right? i mean if you vote for somebody who doesn't have a chance of winning it's it's just as good as a vote for trump anyway that's true. I mean, we do plan on taking back the House and taking back the Senate, but most importantly, in that beautiful White House. How'd you know? This is the year we're going to take back the House. We're going to take back the Senate. We're going to take back America. And in 2024, most importantly, we are going to take back our magnificent, beautiful, incredible <laughs> White House. So many pronouns. Yeah. Together, we will fight for more jobs for Nevada families, fair trade for Nevada workers, and more Nevada factories forging more products. Stamp with that beautiful phrase, made in the USA. We will shut down Biden's border disaster, reinstitute our strong remain in Mexico. Did you like remain in Mexico? You think that was easy to get? I did. I said, if you don't give us that, we're going to just tariff all your cars and everything you send in. They said, we'd be honored to give it to you, sir. We're going to strengthen the Patriots of Ice and Border Patrol, who are fantastic people. Fantastic people. You know, Tom Holman, he's great. So many of those guys. My friend, the head of Border Patrol. Where the hell is he? Is he here someplace? He called them up on stage the head and let of him talk, Border actually. The Patrol is here. Where are they? There's some, who are the Border Patrol guys? Probably anyway, a big violation, but I like there. it. What a group of people and what great leaderships. What great leadership we have. A lot of Border Patrol people are here. They're all over the place. We love them all. They're great patriots. And the people from ICE, these guys are tough. You know, I have a lot of tough people sitting in the front row. They don't want any part of that job. They run into packs of 
lunatics and thugs, MS-13 killers with their knives. They want to knife people instead of shooting them because it's slower and it's more painful. And uh, these ICE people and the Border Patrol people, but they go in and they get them out. We get them out of our country by the thousands when I was there. Now you're allowed to stay. Anybody's allowed to stay. Yeah, it's the truth right there. And, and before we hit the outro, he did have a new wrapping up the rally tongue tie. Oh, wait. What is it called? Tongue teaser? Twister? Titty Twister? No, what is it called? When, when it's like, uh, you know, you say those things that you can't say three times fast. Oh. Uh, is it a tongue teaser? No. I guess. Or I a tongue know. twister? Yeah, something like well, that. Well, let, let's hear the new one that, that Trump branded at the end of his rally. Remember, it was Russia, Russia, Russia. Ukraine, Ukraine, Ukraine. And then the Mueller witch hunt where the conclusion was no collusion. You think Biden could say that? Conclusion. <laughs> was no collusion he'd be up here all night trying to get that one out <laughs> made himself laugh and it was pretty funny he, he actually took a poll of if people like whether or not they like the outro with the music and it was uh, resoundingly yes they like the music at the end mm-hmm. and uh, we're going to circle back to Nevada for that outro because I thought it was just a little bit funnier towards the end, but uh, we'll hear it right now. We'll talk about it after. But in conclusion, our MAGA movement, make America great again. You know, Biden's saying, we're going to stop that MAGA movement. I said, explain to him. The words are make America great again. Make. Did you see that with the red lighting like the devil? Did you see that? We're going to stop to make America great again. We're going to stop MAGA. No, MAGA means make America great again. America first. Is that the greatest? You know, we had CAG. You remember CAG? We were going to have the second campaign where we did do much better than we did in the first. But we're going to have the second CAG. Keep America great. The problem is America wasn't great. America wasn't great because what happened in the last two years, we couldn't use that. America isn't great anymore, but it's going to be greater than it ever was, okay? But we couldn't use, we couldn't use the words, keep America great. Do you agree in the front row? Are you a front row, Joe? I think so. That's right. That's right. Boy, I love these people. They're here for days and days. Front row. Front row, Mary. Thank you. Thank you, darling. From Vietnam. We love Vietnam, too. I want to thank the, all the front row Joes that are here four days ago. I don't know how you do it. Thank you very much. Look at that guy. I'm not going to mess with that guy either. But together, we're standing up against some of the most menacing forces, entrenched interests, and vicious opponents our people have ever seen, despite these great outside dangers, our biggest threat remains the sick, sinister, and evil people from within our country. You saw some of them up on the screen. And you know whose voice that was? Did you know whose voice that was? Great, great actor. You know that, right? And it wasn't John Voight, and we love John Voight, too. Don't we love John Voight? 
John Voight is great, but I just want to thank them. And I'll get approval to use the name of that particular actor because he obviously did it with love. But I don't want to get him in any trouble. But he's a great one, one of the best. And John Voight is maybe the best. The movies he's made and he's with us. But no matter how big or powerful the corrupt, radical, left Democrats that we are fighting against may be, you must never forget this nation does not belong to them. This nation belongs to you. Because this is your home, this is your heritage, and our American liberty is your God-given right. You know that from Las Vegas to Carson City, from Elko to Reno, from Henderson to right here in Minden. We like Minden. We've been to Minden before. We stand on the shoulders of red-blooded American patriots who poured out their heart, sweat, and soul to secure our liberty and defend our freedom. Nevada was founded by some of the toughest men and strongest women ever to walk the face of the earth. This state was built by pioneers and prospectors and miners and cowboys and lawmen and builders and innovators and trailblazers who tamed the frontier, raised up the mighty Hoover Dam, transformed a sprawling desert into a shining oasis, and lit up the brilliant lights on the Las Vegas Strip. I love the Las Vegas Strip. Our American ancestors risked everything to make this into the greatest nation in the history of the world. But now, we are a nation in decline. We are a failing nation. We are a nation that has the highest inflation in 50 years. Yep. And where the stock market finished the worst first half of the year since 1872. Likewise, we are a nation that has the highest energy costs in its history. We are no longer energy independent or energy dominant as we were just two short years ago. We are a nation that is begging Venezuela and Saudi Arabia, many others also for oil. Please, please, please help us, Joe Biden says. Yet we have more liquid gold right under our feet than any other nation in the world. We are a nation that is consumed by the radical left's Green New Deal, yet everyone knows that the Green New Deal will lead to our destruction. We are a nation whose leaders are demanding all electric cars, even though they can't go far, cost too much, and whose batteries are produced in China with materials only available in China when an unlimited amount of gasoline is available inexpensively in the United States, but it's not available in China. We are a nation that ended oil exploration and production in the United States, just as the price of oil reached an all-time high. What other country would do such a thing? We are a nation that surrendered in Afghanistan, leaving behind dead soldiers, American citizens, and $85 billion worth of the finest military equipment anywhere in the world. We are a nation 
that allowed Russia to devastate a country, Ukraine, killing hundreds of thousands of people, and it will only get worse. It would never have happened with me as your Commander-in-Chief, and for four straight years, it didn't happen. And China, with Taiwan, is next. We are a nation that has weaponized its law enforcement against the opposing political party like never before. We've got a Federal Bureau of Investigation that won't allow bad election-changing facts to be presented to the public. Where Hunter Biden's laptop from hell was Russian disinformation when the FBI knew it wasn't and a Department of Justice that refuses to investigate egregious acts of voting irregularities and fraud. And we have a president who is cognitively impaired, in no condition to lead our country, and is now casually talking about nuclear war with Russia, which would be World War III and far more devastating than any of the other world wars because of the weaponry that nobody even wants to think about. We are a nation that no longer has a free and fair press. Fake news is all you get. And And they are truly the enemy of the people. We are a nation where free speech is no longer allowed, where crime is rampant and out of control like never before and where more people died of COVID in 2021 than in 2020. We are a nation that is allowing Iran to build a massive nuclear weapon and China to use the trillions and trillions of dollars it has taken from us to build a military to rival our own. And just two years ago, we had Iran, China, Russia, North Korea, and Czech. They weren't going to do a thing against us, and everyone knows it because they respected us and they respected your leader. And perhaps most importantly, we are a nation that is no longer respected or listened to around the world. We are a nation that in many ways has become a joke. And we are a nation that is hostile to liberty, freedom, and faith. We are a nation whose economy is collapsing into a cesspool of ruin, whose supply chain is broken, whose stores are not stocked, and whose deliveries are not coming, whose educational system is ranked at the bottom of every single list. We are a nation where large packs of sadistic criminals and thieves are allowed to go into stores and openly rob them, beat up and kill their workers and customers, and leave with armloads of goods but with no retribution, where the authority of our great police has been taken, where their families and pensions have been threatened, and their lives would be destroyed for the mere mention of the words law enforcement. We are a nation where fentanyl and all other forms of illegal drugs are easier to get than formula for our beautiful little babies. A nation whose once revered airports are dirty and a crowded mess 
You sit and wait for hours and then are notified that the plane won't leave and they have no idea when they will. Where ticket prices have tripled, they don't have the pilots to fly the planes and they don't seek qualified air traffic controllers anymore and they just don't know what they are doing. We are a nation that has lost its confidence, its willpower and its strength. We are a nation that has lost its way, but we are not going to allow this horror to continue. Two years ago, we were a great nation and we will soon be a great nation again. It was hardworking patriots like you who built this country, and it is hardworking patriots like you who are going to save our country. We will stand up to the radical left Democrats and the dangerous and unpatriotic rhinos, and we will fight for America like no one has ever fought before. There is no mountain we cannot climb. There is no summit we cannot reach. There is no challenge we cannot meet. There is no victory we cannot have. We will not bend, we will not break, we will not yield. We will never give in, we will never give up, and we will never ever back down. As long as we are confident, united, and loyal to the cause, the tyrants we are fighting do not stand a chance of victory because we are Americans, and Americans kneel to God and to God alone. The silent majority is back and stronger than ever before. Yep. My fellow citizens, this incredible journey we are on together has only just begun, and it is time to start talking about greatness for our country again. We are one movement, one people, one family, and one glorious nation under God. So with the help of everyone here today and citizens all across our land, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America great again, greater than ever before. Thank you very much. Thank you, Minden. Thank safe. you very much, Nevada. <laughs> we love Nevada. God bless you. God bless America. Thank you, everybody. Hit it. Big, raucous, patriotic crowds. Minden, Nevada, Mesa, Arizona, 25,000 plus at both events. Energized President Trump, tie on Saturday, no tie Sunday. Nearly two-hour speaking events in the blistering heat for the America First tickets in both states. Noah, what do you think? I like it. Hitting messages hard? Adding, I mean, Adding some new components to the repertoire? How is anything he says a bad thing? 
certainly isn't. Like, how are you going to even rationalize saying that anything he says is a bad thing nowadays? It's like he says, when Joe Biden says he wants to stop MAGA, Joe Biden needs to realize what it means. Make America great again. What's wrong with that? Well, I, I believe he wants to stop MAGA. I, I certainly agree with you. And I mean, his you know, track record. I mean, the, the proof is in the eating of the pudding. Hey, listen, <laughs> I've told you before. I'm going to say it again. Nobody fucks with the Bidens. Except for stairs, bicycles. Saudis, OPEC, China, illegals, MS-13. Little kids that don't want to get sniffed. Mm. I give it raw score, combination of both rallies, 8.8 overall. Mm. Energy levels were through the roof, and I like it. We've heard that there's not going to be any rallies this weekend, but it's looking like he's ready to circle back with two more fresh ones the following week. So we will uh, keep a track on that. And looks like I'll actually have to do some work in regarding the news this weekend and collaborating it for our next Tuesday edition of the show. But uh, as we, uh, you know, depart for our Tuesday edition of Steak for Breakfast, all we could do is hope that uh, as we hurtle towards Friday and our uh, segment with Cash Patel and, and Devin Nunez that... Uh, We'll be able to keep you guys in the know of everything that's going on and beyond. Well, I think this was an excellent way to start the week. Fresh off the back-to-back Trump rallies and two of those connected directly to the 45th president of the United States. Coming in for both news and commentary. Noah, what do you think? It was good. I uh, I like hearing from the president. I like hearing from the president's inner circle. And I like hearing this outro music sometimes. You like hearing this outro music all the time. <laughs> if you only knew how many times he pushed this throughout the course of the show to initiate the end of it, uh, you'd probably laugh. <laughs> and if you uh, are laughing and like to check out the other 176 editions of the Steak for Breakfast podcast, you could find us across every downloadable podcasting platform. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podadda, Google Podcast, FM Player, iHeartRadio, the Patriot Podcast Network on the Roku app, or even on Frank's Speech. Subscribe to the show and rate it. Leave a review. And don't forget to download, listen, like, follow, and share Steak for Breakfast content. Show credits go to the aforementioned the f- spokeswoman for the 45th President of the United States, Miss Liz Harrington, and attorney for Save America, Miss Christina Bob. In addition to them, some of our internet friends, the Patriotic Bay accounts. Thanks for that uh, Hillary Clinton throwback. You'd be in jail. Six-night anniversary. Or oh, yeah. Six-year six anniversary was yesterday. We shared it, and we gave her some creds. Who White Memes, Ultra Garbaggio as well. We'll throw a uh, kind of Twitter in there because I love them and uh, like what they got going on. Friends, don't forget to go out and throw some cash at our partners because when you do that, the only thing that happens is you help make small American businesses great again, namely my pillow. Everybody likes Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell loves cheeseburgers. The FBI, not a huge fan. But when you enter promo code steak at checkout, both at mypillow.com forward slash steak and mystore.com forward slash steak, you can get big, big savings on everything from sheets, pillows, the Air Lindell slippers, my robes, my beds, and my coffee. Or you can talk to a qualified pillow representative, 1-800-658-8045. The top tier of ear gear and the absolute best headphones that I've ever put over my ears in my entire life can be found at Odyssey. Go and make the investment. If you're doing in-studio recording stuff, it's an absolute must-need. Odyssey.com is the website. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram as well. My Patriot Cigars. Our great friend Alan has launched his company. You're going to get big, big savings, 15% off your total orders. All orders over $100 is free shipping and a $10 e-gift card inside of every single purchase. Uh, MyPatriotCigar.com is the website. They are a premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. Mike down at West Coast Survival Arms has a pretty simple equation for all your gun-related needs, firearms, parts, ammo, and accessories. 
The website is westcoastsurvivalarms.com. He's on Facebook Messenger and via the telephone, 619-870-6992. Let's see. Stay ready gear holsters. What are we putting on there this week? We can even put a phrase on there this week if you want to be a little... Uh, Nobody fucks with a Biden. Close. In conclusion, no collusion. Oh, nice. I like that one. They'll put it on a concealed carry Kydex holster and get your orders out faster than ever before. Stayreadygear.com is the website. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Man rubs. Noah was just telling me he uh, made some man rubbed chicken in the air fryer. I did the chicken rub on one side and the all-purpose rub on the other. Sounds delicious. It's a surprise. You never know what no never know what side you're gonna get when well, the chicken flips. Sounds like Noah uh, bought it, shook it, sprinkled it, rubbed it, threw it into the apparatus of his choice. Apparently, it's the air fryer. A little bit later, it came out nice and crispy, and then he threw it in his mouth. Num num num. Did you make that noise? I did. <laughs> I like it. Manrebs.com is the website. They're on Facebook and Instagram as well. Mediocre Medic for all our first responders. You're going to like everything they've got in their store. You're going to like their Instagram a little bit more. Uh, MediocreMedic.com is where you'll find it. And last but certainly not least, you've got to get yourself a zero fuck stuck. I'm just looking at the sheer quality of this bad boy right here. What do you think, Noah? It is very likely the Egyptian cotton of patches. Ooh, I like that. Still don't know? Go ask Mark Joe Friday. Find him on dumpbox.us. They're on Facebook and Instagram. Upcoming shows... Well, we'll be back with our long-teased Absolute Heater on Friday. Devin Nunes, Cash Patel, Volume 2. Buckle up. We'll be back next Monday. We're going to be sitting down with J.W. Gibbons of the Daily Caller, Jake Denton of the Heritage Foundation, and one of our favorite, newly endorsed, America First, Trump House Races. Mike Collins, Georgia 10, will be here. Paige Willie and John Gibbs will be in next Friday. So far on the 25th, the only thing I got for you, sorry, Alina Habba. You're going to have to deal with that. One of Trump's personal attorneys, she'll be joining us. Leora Levy on the 28th. Uh, actually, you know what? Scratch that. On the 25th, I think we're going to have Boris as well. So that'll be a good one. On the 28th, like I said, Leora Levy, Trump-endorsed senatorial candidate out of Connecticut. And Ambassador Rick Grinnell will be coming in with a almost-to-the-midterms update on the 1st of November. In addition to that, waiting on Blake Masters, waiting on Don Bulldog. There's a couple other candidates we're looking to get in here before the midterms so you guys can hear their last-minute messages. But uh, rest assured, we'll get them all in for you guys. Oh, Herschel Walker as well. Friends of the Week, obviously we're going to give big, big props to uh, Rumble Rants and C3P Meme who made it to the Trump rally. And it's them grand old memes. Uh, who else do we got? Real Brenda, Mostly Peaceful, Sanchez Memes, John Hacker LA, The Real Meme DeLorean, and some of our true social friends, Beastie Man 420, Siberian Kitten, Real Lazy Boss, American Nintendo Suitcase, CSM Master, Burger Man, Indiana Zoomer, Jason E. Van Gundy, our good friend, Ghost Hammer, 13th Gen Patriot, some call me Tim79, never forgetting you. Guys, thanks to remember between now and Friday. Number one, do your own research. Number two, start a podcast. Noah? Fan-fucking-tastic. You're welcome. Number three, let's start talking about American greatness again. We don't talk about greatness enough. It is time to finally start talking about it again. And last but certainly not least, let's see what happens. This has been episode 177 of the Steak for Breakfast podcast, and we will be back with 178. Absolute heater coming in hot. Cash Patel, Devin Nunes this Friday. On behalf of the pod team, I'm Roan. Noah. Later. Thanks for listening, and take care. Finery! Hello, Walk, take an auto pre. Uh, I must have the wrong number. We were trying to reach City Airlines. Oh, oh yes, just a moment, please. Hello, City Airlines, can I help you take an auto pre? Uh, we need to go to Canada as soon as possible.
How many people? Four. Uh, gonna be about uh, six thousand five hundred dollar. How about fifty dollar? Fifty dollar? You frying a can that costs at least three thousand dollar? Fifty five dollar. Hey. Stop wasting my time of fifty-five dollar. No way I take my plane to Canada for less than a thousand dollar. Sixty dollar. Sixty-two dollar. Okay. Hello, welcome, shitty.